obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. And welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast, episode number 297. I'm your host, Robbie. I'm joined uh, by Gil, the blue liner on point. How are you doing tonight, Gil? Pretty good, Robbie. Pretty good. Uh, thanks for uh, having uh, us, us on again and uh, <clears throat> uh, doing the uh, uh, doing us a boon by doing the uh, uh, the simulcast, uh, which we'll get into uh, in a little bit here. But uh, yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, sounds good. So um, just a little update on all the different things that will happen on this episode of Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, we'll start off uh, with a Caps talk. I will also have some scoring updates uh, from the Wizards game with the Spurs. The Wizards have lost 22 games in a row in San Antonio. And so we're trying to break that streak tonight. Uh, they are currently up 63-55 uh, in the second half. We've got Champ uh, in the chat, and he said the, uh, that the Wizards have outscored the Spurs 33-19 to in the second quarter after being down by six after the first quarter. So that's a, a good run uh, for the Wizards. We'll keep our eye on that live game. Uh, they have a five-game win streak going into this game, uh, so that will be very exciting. Uh, we'll have Champ and Tim and possibly Arun on later. Uh, we'll talk about the NFL uh, playoffs, uh, which was uh, a fun two games yesterday, the two championship games. So we'll break down both of those. We'll also preview this year's Super Bowl. And uh, we'll talk about that with the team. And then after that, we will uh, continue to break down the second half for the Wizards and then go into a recap of the last week for the Wizards uh, and a post-game live kind of thing uh, for the uh, game with the Spurs. Uh, so a busy uh, show. Uh, it'll be a little bit of a shorter show next week. We'll do an abbreviated Caps talk and an abbreviated Wizards talk and try to do the whole thing in about 90 minutes uh, next week because uh, we're actually hoping to raid one of our mods uh, who's in an interview on another channel. So I uh, kind of uh, a uh, would like to go over there and see some of that myself. So sort of a shorter show next week, a little bit of a longer show this week. We've got uh, Gil, as I was saying, for the Caps talk. Uh, we'll have Champ, Tim, and possibly Arun on for the rest of tonight's uh, segments. And then, uh, yeah, we're on the road to 300. Uh, the uh, We're looking to do episode 300 on President's Day. Uh, for people following on Twitch, I've got like a goal. I'm trying to hit 
500 followers by the time we hit 300 episodes and we are at uh, 482 right now. So it's very doable. So hopefully uh, it's a sort of a uh, goal for mine or at least to do it by the end of season seven. So we've got a lot of big milestones coming up. Episode 300 coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, in the following month, we'll uh, end our season seven and have a seven year stream uh, stream. Um, uh, show where we talk about all the streams and all the things we've done for the seven years uh, there. Uh, and then in April, we'll start season eight. So a lot of exciting things coming up here on Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, but with that, I'm going to turn it over to Gil. He's going to run the show as if it's a Power Play Point podcast for our hockey segment. Uh, and so I'll let him uh, start off and uh, start the show. All right. Thank you, Robbie. <clears throat> Hello and welcome once again to the Power Play Point podcast. This is your host, the Blue Liner on Point, talking to you, uh, well, live, both live to tape and live on the internet as of 9.14 p.m. this January the 30th, 2023. And uh, as we discussed last week, we are doing a simulcast version. We're actually airing through, uh, by way of, that is, the Sports on the Hill podcast. And uh, Robbie Gross has graciously consented to uh uh basically carry us for the week a uh, lot of bit of life a uh, lot of mm, uh, problems as 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 you could say uh, carrying the show regularly so we're doing it this way just to kind of make things a little easier on everybody um anna unfortunately can't uh, could not join us due to uh some some issues at her residence so uh, we're going to broadcast this way uh, thanks again Robbie for that and of course uh, Robbie is going to serve as co-host um, so for, if you happen to be on the internet live listening and watching us uh, this is actually an episode of the Sports on the Hill podcast live through uh, both uh, the True Radio Network and Facebook live and of course Robbie's Twitch's channel and we'll talk about Twitch later on um, so uh, before we begin, though, Robbie, I understand you had a trip out to uh, Texas to see family. So uh, did you happen to I know you missed the uh, the last game. Did you happen to catch the two before it? Yes, I did. I uh, caught both of those games. Uh, I was happy that the first game was in Colorado. So it's a little bit of a later start. Uh, so I was able to catch that after putting the kids to bed. Um, and uh, of course, the Pittsburgh game, uh, even though I was packing that night for the uh, the next game, of course, I had it on and I was watching it. I even had it like in the bedroom while I was packing. And so um, but uh, that was a great game. I did I uh, miss almost all of the Toronto game because I was trying to get uh, two kids under five through an airport and uh, I could only focus on so many things at once. Uh, but um, I did catch parts that I have seen the highlights. Uh, I am happy that my favorite player uh, was able to uh, score a goal, uh, his first of the season in that one. So, uh, yeah, so I've, I've seen parts, if not all of all of the games. So, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, so again, so uh, Robbie will be uh, helping us out with the uh, analysis of the three games. Now, I, I had a lot of time to think about, and, I, and I'll be honest, I, I was very bitterly disappointed after the Toronto game, as as we all know, it was a really bad loss. The, the second one in four games where really they just did not put out any, very little effort, if any, and it's it's a very bad sign, but I, I'm going to try and keep with the spirit of what we're about and, and stay positive. So we're going to make our we're actually going to make our focus game the other loss um, against Colorado. So we're going to skip that and uh, go right to the win against Pittsburgh. So we're going to cover that now. 
Um, okay, so the uh, it was a 3-2 win against Pittsburgh, and uh, that went to the dreaded shootout, of course. Um, but it started out very, fairly well. Caps got a power play uh, several minutes in. Captain scores his 32nd of the year um, on the power play with a wrister from his usual spot, assisted by Kuznetsov and Orlov. Um, no other goals until the second period, until uh, Heinen uh, gets one. He was uh, uh, That line's uh, been pretty good for the Penguins, so uh, I, I kind of figured they might be a little active in this game. Um, O'Connor and Brian Dumoulin on the assists on that one uh, to tie the game. Then the third period got a little active. Johansson, Marcus Johansson, Mojo gave them the lead again, 5-17 into the third. Backstrom and Milano on, on the assists on that one. And uh, then, uh, unfortunately, Brian Rust uh, ties it up with several minutes remaining. 12.52 was the time of his goal. And uh, uh, you kind of knew his line would be active, active as well. Uh, Brian Rust seems to always give the Caps a hard time whenever they, uh, they, they play. So, um, yeah, I kind of figured that line. Uh, Gensel and Crosby on the assist there. Um, then, then came the overtime, and the, uh, the overtime was uh, – Quite a bit lively, uh, four shots each on goal, um, several uh, high-quality chances on both sides, uh, especially by the Caps, uh, had a good chance to put it away, but unfortunately did not, and then came the dreaded shootout. Don't like to waste a whole lot of time on that, although um, watching Evgeny Kuznetsov uh, do his thing is, is becoming um, – Maddingly, 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 if that is a word, entertaining, um, kind of frustrating and entertaining all at once, if, if you can put it that way, with the way he approaches the net and is, is, is 21 Deke salute or whatever, whatever the hell you want to call that, um, whatever you want to call it, it works. It, it, uh, it, it put the caps ahead and then, uh, Nikki puts it away for the winner, uh, against the Smith. So the, Two three uh, uh, shootout win. Uh, you'll take them however you can against the Penguins, uh, and uh, but a pretty good game. I thought the Caps looked very good um, against a team that usually gives them fits. Um, shot count, uh, as usual, tells uh, a lot of the story. Uh, it was forty five for our guys, thirty seven for the Penguins. So nice job by Kemper to uh, keep things at bay. Uh, 22-7 shot advantage in the first. I thought the Caps set a great tone in the first, even though they only got one goal. Um, you, if, if you can triple up, double up, much less triple up you, the opposing team in shots, then then you you are putting out a lot. And uh, I, I think that set the Penguins back. And as far as getting into the game, I don't think they really ever really recovered. And I think that was the key. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, well, I want to thank Andy for rating. I didn't actually even know he was streaming right now. Um, someone who uh, I mod for and he mods for me. I appreciate uh, the rating party of five and uh, a bunch of people for coming in there. I don't get very many raids uh, on here very often, so I appreciate uh, that. And uh, with that brought uh, two of our mods with us. We already had Champ uh, in stream. So people who don't know on the live power play point podcast, uh, but uh, I am doing Twitch speak, I guess. Uh, but uh, it's nice for extra friends to join us live, I guess, and watch and uh, ask questions and uh, join us here as we are actually doing an audio recording uh, for the power play point podcast, as well as 
um, the Sports on the Hill podcast. We also have a live uh, Spurs versus Wizards game as they're trying to break a 22-game uh, losing streak in San Antonio. Uh, right now, the Wizards are up 63 to 55. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, I appreciate everyone for uh, stopping by and joining us and watching on Facebook Live as well. Again, anyone can ask any questions about whatever they want to talk to. I thought it was a great game. Uh, we had that chance on the power play in overtime. I thought we were going to win. Uh, it didn't happen, uh, but I was happy to see that sometimes if you don't score on that, momentum goes the other way in those power plays with the four-on-four hockey. I was happy to see that they were able to play some four-on-four hockey, uh, get it to the shootout. I know the shootout is not your or my favorite thing. It was a very exciting one, and it does make me happy that their two all-star players in Crosby and Malkin both uh, did not score uh, in the shootout uh, while we had uh, Nicholas Backstrom, who is back, uh, and he scored the winner, but also Kuzi with the crazy amount of dekes and moves, uh, which uh, I is an amazing thing. I feel like he hasn't missed since he's tried doing that. I don't want to jinx him, but like it's it's been highly effective. Um, and uh, it's weird that he's probably maybe the best on the team now when that was like, I never thought anyone could take that crown from TJ Oshie. Like I just, in the, my wildest dreams, you know, but um, at least on this night, he was better. Um, and uh, so, yeah, a really exciting win. I, and I said it last week, if we could beat the Penguins, I could care less about the other two games. I kind of feel that way um, just because, uh, I mean, I wanted us to be competitive with the defending champions. I obviously want to beat Toronto, but uh, for me, this is the game of the month. We always circled this game um, and uh, you have to, even it sucks that the Pittsburgh got a point. And they've got a point in a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have this season. And we've probably lost games that we probably shouldn't have this season. Uh, But I was happy for at least one night. We were one point ahead of them uh, when we were tied going into it. So uh, for me, that was a great night. It was was a great win. Great that they could get up for that game, which which they should. But um, unfortunately, that's, that's the attitude they ought to be bringing. And now to go to the other end of the spectrum unfortunately that's the attitude they should have been bringing to all of the games this week and they did not uh certainly did not um in in this next game against toronto um if you saw the game against vegas well it looked a lot like that um except for in it this at least in this game uh, there was something of a good start with uh, nicholas backstrom getting his first of the season um, on the power play and uh, at 17-17. And uh, it looked like from there, uh, because it was kind of a sluggish start for the Caps, um, at least by my estimation, but it looked like from there it would be an evenly matched game, but not so. Um, Toronto got its own power play a minute into the next period. Michael Bunting scored uh, on that one. Um, I guess this this was... This was uh, this goal was kind of a harbinger of things to come. I, I thought the PK looked very disorganized. Um, this goal actually went off of Nick Jensen's skate and and in. And um, I'm, I'm not going to indulge the uh, the uh, I hate the goalies crowd. Goalies can do no right crowd. I'm not going to indulge them. But um, I would say uh, Kemper's probably before he got pulled. Um, the last goal was the only one. The one against um, Nylander was the or 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 Engvall actually was the only bad one 
that that he gave up. Uh, Morgan Riley got his first, put them up for good, 2-1. Nylander, that's uh, Michael Nylander's son, by the way, in case anybody, any old-time caps were curious. Uh, Michael Nylander, of course, uh, the last uh, cap to wear 92 before Mr. Kuznetsov. Um, William with his 28th of the goal, uh, 28th goal uh, of the season. Um, and then uh, Pierre Engvall, here's your sign, uh, <laughs> um, gets his 10th. And the, that one was the one, if I'm not mistaken, where I, Kemper was, I think he just completely lost sight of the puck and was just leaning the wrong way and just completely missed the shot. And uh, that, that was the clincher and that he ended up getting pulled and uh, in favor of Charlie Lindgren. And then uh, they get another one in the third, Zach Aston Reist, uh with, with a goal in the third, but I, I know, I mean, I don't, I would not put this on Kemper except for, like I said, the hit the last one he gave up. It was uh, no bones about it. Lackluster effort by the capitals. And it just, it was evident after that first goal that they weren't going to be on par. Toronto was constantly on the attack. They had no answer for them. And it, it just seemed to me like they were all ready for the all-star break and the vacation that comes with that. And it's just, I mean, I, I, I know you didn't get uh, too good of a look at the game, Robbie, but that from the body language and the attitude that they brought, it just looked to me like they were all ready to go for the, the long vacation that's coming up. And that's, I'm, I'm hoping that's just a one-off at this point because they do still have one game to go. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this happens also an emotional letdown after a big win over Pittsburgh. I, it's not surprising. Um, I also did nothing to help the juju of this game. You know, usually uh, we go through very regimented things in a bunch of our caps groups and I didn't follow any of that. And, you know, so uh, it was just kind of one of these one off early afternoon or like a little bit earlier game on Sunday. And it just, and Toronto has been good this season and uh, you know, people caps fans always want to overlook that, you know, the other team gets paid to play too. And Toronto is one of the better teams in that division. And uh, they, uh, they capitalized on a really good second period and all, you know, the capitals have done that a lot this season on a lot of other teams. And so that's going to happen to you a couple of times as well. It's, it's, it's not a, a one-off thing. I, I'm bummed because obviously Nikki getting the, a big goal, you want to, you know, get something more behind that. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping that this gets them motivated for the last game of the season. Um, the, I, though, before the all-star break. Before the yeah. break, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm hoping so. And uh, the next game they're going to be playing is um, the, the entire league's uh, get well card in the Blue Jackets. So hopefully that, that will bring us something of a better effort and result. Although didn't uh, they, they play them? I, I'm trying to remember. I know that we played the Blue Jackets recently, but I think remember them having some definitely some scores and things to worry about as well. So even though they they've been missing some parts, they're still um, you can't look overlook anybody in the NHL. No, you can't. And uh, the Blue Jackets have actually been playing better overall. I say better, um, not good. Still not good, but better than than, than they were. Uh, so no, it's it's not going to be an easy out. They should win, but it's it's probably not going to be, not, you know, not going to be without some effort on their part. So hopefully, you know, they don't bring the same attitude they did in in Toronto to this one. Um, 
Yeah, but I, the, I remember yeah. now that the game I was thinking about, it, it was a one nothing victory mm-hmm. over them. But it was a very close game. I mean, we scored early on in the first period and then nothing for the rest of that game. So they're able to obviously have some shutdown defenses uh, in some of these games. And so it's, um, you know, we can't overlook them kind of thing. Yeah, it, it certainly not. And um, my fear is that the offense may be drying up a bit uh, more on that later on, but um, you know, they, they're still capable of winning that game. So, uh, but, but you're right. They, they can't overlook it. Um, so let's go back to the first game of the week, which was uh, the 24th last Tuesday against Colorado. I'm making this the focus game of the week as we do on the power play point podcast uh, because uh the Caps had the right attitude and effort level and compete level, and they still lost. And um, I thought, I, I, well, I said last week that this was a possible win, a very possible win, because Colorado really hasn't been playing all that well. They haven't been playing like defending champions. Now, to that credit, yes, they've had a lot of injuries. Uh, I think uh, Gabriel Landeskog has, has hardly hit the ice this year for one. And uh, Kale McCarr has missed some time. So uh, they've got that as an excuse if you want to use one. But even so, um, they, they, they've got something of a decent record. They actually landed in a wild card spot as of now. Uh, but either way, this was still a very winnable game. And it was just one of those things where, you know, it, it came down to, you know, a, a, a kind of a fluky goal in the, in the second period. And, and they just could not catch up. And they also ran into a hot goalie in uh, Alex Yorgiev, uh, who had a great night, great game in this one. Um, so breaking down the scoring, um, Arturi Lekkonen opens it, um, 8.57 in the first. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, Devon Taves with the assists on that one. Andrew Cogliano makes it 2-0 in the second period, 2.04 in the second. Um McDermott and O'Connor and the assists on that one, uh, kind of a, 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 this was, this was a deflected shot. He just reached out and, and timed it fairly well, but even with the two O hole, um, you can see the compete level again, shots tell a lot of the story, not the whole story, but uh, a lot of it. They had 24 shots in the first 20 minutes, first uh, 40 minutes of play. Rather they were keeping up. They're actually ahead of, the avalanche at that point. So they were keeping up fairly well with the effort. So it was a matter of time before they were going to score. And so Connor Sherry gets his 12th uh, about a couple minutes later, 448 uh, with a nice tip in. And this is this emblematic of uh, uh, the type of play. I think the caps are going to have to resort to in that he was, he was pretty close to the net and uh, not unlike Cogliano's goal, got his stick out, timed the tip in very well. They're going to have to start playing this way and, and crashing the net more often. It's going to have to be, you know, the, when, when Ovechkin doesn't do the job, this is the type of attack they're going to have to resort to because you got right now, you've got no John Carlson to properly set up the play. You've got no Tom Wilson to create room. So what you're going to have to do is simply just go to the net a lot more often. So I think that might mean, I, I'm, again, I'm not a coach, but uh, if, if I were making the suggestions here, maybe more Sonny Milano, uh, maybe more Connor Sherry, um, 
maybe those two guys on the power play and on the on top line minutes even maybe uh, because those two guys love to charge the net because you're going to have to resort to that type of play with all of these injuries they're still dealing with um so anyway uh, sherry made it 2-1 and this is the fluky goal alex newhook um i don't know i can't explain this one kemper got kind of caught uh diving i i don't know i'm not sure what he was doing but it, it was it was uh, uh i'm trying to call up the uh the uh, uh the replay and of course uh the app is is trying to sell me some i don't know what it's trying to sell me right now but waiting for the replay right now okay so uh Colorado gains the zone. Yeah, Newhook basically walks around the two defensemen. And I, I tell you, um, I, it was not I, – I usually love these guys, but Orlov and Jensen did not have a very good week this week. Um, and, and I think, unfortunately, that, that led to uh, maybe uh, – well, not maybe, this loss and some breakdowns in the Toronto game as well. Uh, the defense has just been awful this week. Um, <clears throat> Faravari uh, in the Toronto game had had a questionable play um, on a delayed penalty, and that led to uh, one of the first goals in in that game. And and yeah, Newhook, if you look at the replay, basically runs past Jensen and Orlov like they're pylons, and and easily scores on Kemper, who had no chance on this one. Um, although I, he made this diving move that I, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I question his moves. I don't think he's this awful goalie that some caps fans have made him out to be, but, um, yeah, just another example of our defense, not playing up to its potential. Uh, so that eventually is the winning goal. And then the captain, uh, gets his, what at the time was his 31st. 944 in the third so the caps had a chance they really ramped up their effort shot totals in the third were 15 to 3 for the caps so the compete level was there the attack was there they just could not pierce the brick wall that was alexander georgiev he really knuckled down he had a great game stopped by my count at least a half a dozen glorious close in high danger chances um, and that, that was, that, that was it, but I like the compete level. I like the effort and, you know, it was against the defending cup champs who, you know, they, you know, they're playing for pride. They don't want to, of course, they want to try to repeat. So very good effort. I thought, uh, just one, one lapse, one lapse in time that, that really cost them by the defense. But other than that, pretty good game played by them. So I, I, I just like to see more of that where, it, it's it's as close to a 60 minute effort as they can get right i i totally agree i it's an interesting it was a good game i think that the goalie stood on the head early on and i think if we had gotten a couple more through early it would have been a different game and i just think that it got into our heads a bit and that happens i mean he's played against us before and uh he's been always been very tough as a, a goalie I, it was just an unfortunate bounces and also i, I was that was very classy uh, for them to give the video tributes to two of our players who were on that Stanley Cup champion team. I know it was a big game for him to go back uh, and, and play there. Um, and uh, so, um, I, you know, it was a good effort. It just, I think because they didn't go in early, it made it much tougher late. 
Yeah, and that's that's uh, really what it came down to. It it they didn't all you know when when you're playing that good of a team, all you have to do is is just let down for a couple of minutes, and and they've got you. And you know, but you know they they finished the game very well, and, and and I think as long as they come at it with that kind of an effort, they'll they'll be fine. But obviously, when they don't, you you see what results. Um, so. I'm I'm trying to be optimistic. I say trying, unfortunately, um, because the, the, that Toronto effort really, really bothered me. But I, I'm highly. This, this is the real test, though, Gil. Right? We got one yeah. game coming up, and we can see which was the um, the true team and which wasn't, and they can prove it right here going into the break on a high, uh, or they could lay a dud, and we can talk about that one next week. So uh, it's very be true. Yeah. Very, very true. So, yeah, no, that's uh, and you're right. It it puts the it puts the Columbus game in in a greater perspective. Uh, so, yeah, pretty pretty good, uh, pretty astute observation there. Because if they if they lose that game to, you know, one one of the weakest team the weakest teams in the league, now that doesn't set a very good tone going into a week long break, um, especially when you're hoping to get some players back. And you've had trouble acclimating said players you know, since they did come back. And I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right, Robbie. That that game will tell a lot of what the Caps are made of. Uh, and I think the key again is going to be an attack based on putting at least one or two forwards in front of the net. And making sure the defensemen are constantly mobile, and um, I, I think if anything less than a full tilt sixty minute sixty minute effort will be very disappointing in that game. I, I, as long as they don't approach it where, like they don't already have it won, they should be fine. Yeah, I want to give a couple of quick little scoring updates for we are doing a live Sports on the Hill podcast as well. Uh, some great uh, basketball being played by the Washington Wizards. Uh, they're now up 86-74 here uh, in the third quarter. Uh, they went on a nice little run there. I was happy to see that. Unfortunately, um, Porzingis, uh, one of our main players, did pick up his fourth foul in an interchange there. But uh, they've actually played really well since he went out, which I was really happy to see because uh, I was a little bit nervous about that. I want to thank people for giving uh, the gift subs um, uh, in chat. Uh, so thank you to Ant Dog for the gift sub to Alaska. Uh, so I appreciate all the support over on Twitch uh, and uh, for everybody tuning in on Twitch and on Facebook Live. Again, you can ask us any questions you want. Um, I think I we've kind of gone into all the games. The only things I really want to talk about left is what are your thoughts on the All-Star break uh, on the All-Star game? Do you watch it? Do you enjoy it? Uh, what are your... Uh, th- and there's been a, an All-Star that was traded today, not a capital, uh, but uh, that obviously is creating a bit of a kerfuffle with, you know, who's on what team uh, now and how many players that they have, since they already had less players this year than I believe in previous years. Uh, but what are your thoughts on, um, we, we can talk a little bit more about the CBJ game if you want to, but, uh, but obviously I want to get your thoughts on the all-star as well. Well, the, unfortunately that they've, they've tried, the league has tried tweaking the format every which way you can think of. And unfortunately, it really failed to make it uh, with 
keep any sort of interest as far as the actual game. I like, I definitely enjoy the skills competition the, the day before. I definitely enjoy watching that. Um, lately, the last several years, they've, they've built in a theme uh, to based on the location. So the, the year they had, I, th- I don't know if it was last year or the year before they had it in Vegas, they had a, a couple of events that were Vegas themed uh, the one, one year for, uh, the, for accuracy shooting, they, all the contestants were shooting at giant playing cards that, that if, if they broke, uh, they got points for matching. So if they, if it was a Jack, they got 10 points or, uh, however it was. So it'll be interesting. I think it's in, uh, uh sunrise Florida this season. So it it's going to be, uh, going to be interesting what kind of themed events they have, but, yeah, the, the skills competition definitely I, I do catch the game. Mm, I'll admit the the three on three, uh, the the way it is, it's it's worth watching and um, somewhat. Uh, at least they don't drag out the game too much. It's it's uh, two twenty minute halves or fifteen minute halves or something like that, and uh, they they don't drag out the playing, so it's less chance the players can get injured, which nobody wants to see. Um, but yeah, I, I, I gotta admit I'm, I'm more in tune to the, the skills competition than I am to the actual game. I don't know what they can do to make the game more interesting. Um, I, I noticed that the pro bowl this year in the NFL is actually a flag football game. So I don't know, maybe, maybe in future years, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe the, the league can do a roller hockey or a street hockey game that that's, you know, that, that's mostly what I played when I was younger. Uh, on the street so you know that that might maybe something to take your cue from and and try to make the game a little more interesting that way but yeah it's definitely the skills competition for me um as as far as that that whole weekend goes now the break um it usually prevents presents a problem for the team because uh, uh caps don't seem to handle long layoffs very well and so I'm kind of expecting a swoon right off the bat uh, when they come back on the 11th. They face the league leading Boston Bruins, who have been a, in a bit of a tailspin on their own. So that, that's actually going to be very interesting. And then the very next day, they come back to cap one and it's a matinee against the San Jose Sharks. I'll, I'll be able to actually do live broadcast from that game. Uh, so I'm going to that game and I'll be sitting on the glass, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm going with my dad and my son. Uh, it'll be my son's very first hockey game. Awesome. He just, he just opened up a really cute package that had his uh, his jersey that's a little big on him because it's four <laughs> to it's size four to seven because uh, he's now four. Um, he doesn't fit in his infant jersey anymore. And uh, so it's uh, uh, it'll be really fun to take him to the game. I, I'm trying to consider at first I didn't think about how loud it is by the glass. So hopefully it doesn't scare him too much. I'm going to give him ear protection, but it is quite intense when you see it live. He's watched it on TV a lot with me, but it's a different experience, obviously uh, to uh, watch a game, um, you know, right up against the glass like that. Um, I've had terrible luck. I've lost every game I've ever sat by the glass. I also lost my first game with my dad, which he's, he's the one who's taking us. So, you know, I am playing the night or the afternoon before against a re- the best team in the league, maybe arguably one of the best teams before the all-star break in history 
um, and uh, with how many points they've been able to rack up. Uh, but still, like, um, I'm very excited, obviously, to go to that Sharks game. And uh, we, on the episode 299 of Sports on the Hill podcast, we will recap that. And then next week, we'll actually preview those two games a, a little bit more and recap the All-Star competition. I do want to give a quick little shout out to the All-Star game. It's going to be Friday, February 3rd for the skills competition that Gil was talking about. That's at 7 p.m. Uh, over on ESPN. Uh, they've got a bunch of old events and new events that they're doing, uh, which is going to be kind of fun. Um, uh, there's going to be a thing called a splash shot. It'll take place on the beach. Um, and there's going to be a pitch and puck, which is kind of like a golf thing. Uh, they're gonna have the Tandy Tendum, which is when the like uh, uh, the goalies uh, work together to try to stop people. Um, uh, <laughs> fastest skater, hardest shot, uh, breakaway challenge, accuracy shooting, all happening on Friday. So that should be a really fun day uh, or night rather. And then uh, the All Star Game itself, if you do care about that, is Saturday, February fourth at three p.m. on ABC. Um, and uh, it's funny because ESPN, I guess, has all of the um, the all-star stuff because on Sunday they've got the uh, Pro Bowl, I believe, as well. So uh, it should be an interesting week for if you like those sorts of things, uh, for sure. And then we'll obviously break down uh, the Columbus game uh, next week as well as previewing the two games um, that will be happening after that break. But, uh, yeah, it's been a, a bit of a fun show. But, Gil, any final thoughts before we end our hockey segment? Well, uh, so so uh, what we've been doing on the podcast uh, since uh, around Thanksgiving-ish or, or so, or several weeks before the uh, beginning of the new year, uh, we've been putting a spotlight on local businesses, um, you know, given that the economy isn't exactly all that great, just to kind of put the word out. Um, so this time around, given the fact that we're on um we're, we're being carried by sports on the hill which uh is is carried on several twitch channels um i wanted to uh, spend a few minutes uh talking about twitch and uh maybe uh how that can be used as something of a side hustle because i understand that uh you you can uh try to make a little bit of money get get your not only that and get your reputation out there so if, if you could uh, you've you've got a lot of experience about that and uh so i just want to you know, kind of get our listeners tuned into that and see, uh, you know, give Twitch a try and, and, you know, go over the benefits of that and, and how to use it maybe to your advantage. Yeah, for sure. I actually have been on Twitch for quite some time. I have uh, been a many different, been in many different aspects of Twitch. So I, I am both a viewer of Twitch. I, I watch a lot of other channels, music channels, video game channels. Uh, there are what's called just chatting, where it's just conversations between the streamer and the chat, uh, but then also podcasts like we're doing right now. I, I moderate a bunch of uh, podcasts that I think are wonderful on Twitch, um, like Davey is Eating a Sandwich is on right now. Um, he's great. Um, we've I was on We Speak English Goods channel earlier. He does a podcast and it's wonderful. Um, you know, we also have Champ, who's going to be on in just a second. He does the No Spots podcast here on Twitch as well. And so one of the nice things about Twitch and Facebook and uh, YouTube are trying to catch up on this as well, is that you can monetize it. So uh, now Twitch allows us to finally have stars on our podcast where people could donate on uh, Facebook Live. But I will tell you, it's taken them years to enable that feature. 
It was only for gamers for a very, 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 very long time on Facebook. And it's only been within the last couple of months that they've even given us the option uh, to do that. And I will mention that zero people have sent uh, any money through Twitch or through Facebook, which is fine. Uh, but um, I'm just happy that that is even a uh, revenue stream that's possible. But Twitch has always been welcoming to people of lots of different streaming backgrounds. You can stream during all sorts of different content. A couple of different things of content that I've streamed in the past are art. Um, I've also streamed, uh, so making different emojis and, uh, which are basically, uh, what we call them emotes on Twitch, but people on your end probably would know them as an emoji, uh, but you design it and it's custom to a channel, uh, and, uh, the emote could then be used by anybody that subscribes to that channel. And then the, one of the ways that you can make money is, uh, through subscriptions. So uh, tonight, for example, um, uh, we had Primordial Sounds, one of our, my mods, resubscribe to my channel. So it gave $5, gave the ability to use uh, my Twitch emotes um, throughout all of the different channels on Twitch. And people are like, oh, that's a really cool Charizard or Kirby or Fireball or whatever you want it to be. Um, oh, maybe I should go subscribe or check out that channel. So it's a way to kind of draw attention in other channels. Uh, also show that you like something or enjoy something as well. Uh, most of mine are video game based um, or sports based because uh, those are the things that I love. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I do as a side hustle is I also uh, do emote design on stream for other uh, streamers. So they come on and they tell me what they want. We have a conversation while I'm making it live on stream. But people could stream whatever they're interested in. Um, you know, we're doing a podcast right now because we like talking sports, but um, you could do art, you could do music, you could do video games. Um, uh, people just, honestly have streamed almost anything that's possible. I've seen people sleep on here. Uh, you know, so like uh, there's one person on right now uh, which I am amazed by. They have been on for over 430 days in a row, nonstop, never turning it off. And basically what they're doing is what's called an uncapped subathon, which people do sometimes to make money is people donate bits or subscriptions. Bits are like pennies. So they donate a thousand bits, which is like 10 bucks in uh, subscriptions. And it adds to a timer. And as long as that timer doesn't run out, they don't stop streaming. And this person has had constant people donating to them for over a year and they're going for two years on this platform. So um, that's one way you can make money, um, but there's all, all sorts, there's ad revenue sharing and things like that. There's minimum requirements you have to be to be an affiliate streamer to get paid for it. Uh, you have to have uh, 50 followers uh, and you have to uh, have a certain number of people watching for a certain amount of time uh, and some other things as well. Uh, so, uh, but it, it's, you know, I struggled at first to become a Twitch affiliate, and then I thought that I would just do it on Facebook and YouTube, or I would just simul stream, but then I kind of came back to it, and I've really enjoyed it, and it's given uh, me a cool opportunity to gain a little bit of revenue to help kind of pay some of the bills uh, that, as you know, it, it costs uh, to have streaming and uh, to put all this out there across so many different uh, podcast platforms. Oh, all sounds great. So it's it really I mean, you're you're it sounds like you're only limited by your passion and your imagination. If you've got digital content that you want to put out there, uh, Twitch just seems like, well, the, the present and the future as far as a, a great way to distribute that. 
Yeah, and, and Carly is saying 430 hours. No, it's 430 days, I believe it was. So it's, uh, yeah, no, no, it's it's much more than hours. They watch her while she sleeps, while she's awake. She switches to her cell phone while she goes to her chores. She then switches back to her computer. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Emily CC is her username on Twitch. She currently has 200 people watching her right now, and she's been live 450 days and she's got 191 hours left on the clock, but people will keep on adding to that. So uh, pretty crazy um, for for sure. But uh, yeah, it's, it's basically if you can uh, stream something and you can find like people that enjoy what you're doing and want to subscribe to you and, you know, and donate to, for your time um then i say go for it but you could pretty much put whatever content out there there's even platforms uh that you can live stream i was checking into this that you if you wanted to pre-create content movies and videos or whatever and then stream that you can do that and then be in chat and uh so there are opportunities as well if you don't want to be live on camera um and uh yeah it's, it's a really cool thing this year on cinco de mayo will be two years affiliate for me so um and i've been making money here over at twitch awesome so if the if uh someone wanted to subscribe to your twitch channel uh mm-hmm. how would that how exactly would they go about doing that what would be the contact method yeah so all, to subscribe to the channel you just go uh, to the channel um which is twitch.tv slash robbie g underscore sports othp which is my username i know it's long uh, but um, it, it is just Robbie G and the, my podcast, Sports OTHP, because I do both stuff. And then they go over there, uh, they just click the subscribe button, and then uh, it's done through Amazon. So if you've got uh, Amazon set up, which most people do, uh, you can uh, do that. And in fact, if you have Amazon Prime, uh, you get one free subscription every single month that you can give to somebody. Uh, and, uh, so you could use that over here if you wanted to, but, uh, and then, uh, the regular subscriptions, you pay $5 and it's just an automatic reoccurring charge of $5 every month, unless you uh, choose to stop it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a fun thing. You also, it charges a little bit less if you do like three months or six months or bulk, you know, subscription, you know, that way as well. Some people do that to save a little bit of money. Um, but yeah, it's been really cool and um i really thank everyone right now i'm at 14 i i try to get 15 subs a month if i can and right now i'm sitting at 14 so i appreciate all my uh followers and subscribers uh for helping me get close to my goal awesome uh so just want to give a quick shout out uh, casey malone uh one of our uh loyal listeners is uh, pretty active in the twitch community as well i believe if i'm not mistaken what he's got is a pokemon channel uh yes. dedicated i actually have all of his information I'll, I'll go break it down for you if you want me to um yeah it's uh titan rising km uh so titan rising km on twitch and uh you can follow him there on um uh, twitter.com uh, slash that as well with all of his updates um but uh yeah he does pokemon uh, streams and sometimes other video games as well and uh, he's a good friend of the PowerPoint Point podcast and sports at THP. And he joins us sometimes on our Twitch chat as well. Awesome. Great to hear. And uh, so I do appreciate your uh, sharing all of that information. So, uh, you know, given the given the fact that it's, you know, probably a wave of the future, a uh, you know, good side hustle for all some great information there. So if you're you know looking to you're like me and you're kind of sort of in between jobs, um, and you're looking for, you know, 
you're pretty you're pretty handy on the internet. Pretty good way sounds like to uh, put some content out there that you're passionate about, and uh, maybe make a little extra cash on the and, side. And I'll throw it out there: I've helped a, probably almost over a hundred streams get started, honestly, on this platform. And you know, I've been a mod for about twenty different streams, and uh, I'm always uh, happy to have questions bounce my way. So um you know robbie uh, g over on twitch but also robbie gross over on facebook if you want to always message me i'm always in uh the powerpoint point podcast uh discussion over there on the facebook group as well if you're listening on that side uh so always happy to answer questions about that one other thing that was brought up and i think is really cool about twitch unlike a lot of other platforms is the ability to rate each other which rating sounds bad but what it does is it takes your entire audience and it brings it somewhere else. So Andy was just doing a music stream with a lot of our mutual friends. And then he raided over here, which brought all those friends into our room to continue the discussion here, which I think is a really cool opportunity for people who uh, want to stick with our content, but then they could follow me and I might go to another podcast or a music streamer or a gamer, and they could learn about other people that way as well. And it builds a, a really wonderful community, especially on the music side. It's a very tight knit community over there with a lot of great people. And so people want to listen to music during their workday. It's a wonderful way to get involved and have a community and listen to some great music that's live. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a great way to meet lots of different people. And I find that from those communities, if you want to then become a streamer, you, it's a lot easier to get started than just doing it on your own. So, um, you know, having a network of people that you know is always a good idea. Well, yeah, I can't, can't ask for more than that. So possibility of making a little extra income and maybe learning a bit more about uh, some of some of your friends, your fellow, uh, you know, audience members and what they're what they're interested in as well. And you learn something new, you know, and that that's never that never a bad thing. So I you know, it's so check out Twitch if you've never uh, done that before. And uh, Robbie is a great resource on that. Uh, very first time I used it, uh, he <laughs> basically walked me through it. Uh, and uh, I, I like to think of my t myself being IT savvy, but uh, he walked me through my very first experience through it. And it's it's not all that ha hard to use, but it's 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 a definitely an experience. So uh, Robbie's a great resource again for anyone that has questions about it, is is interested in it, wants to find out more. Um, yeah, if, if you're part of the pop, uh, PowerPlay Point podcast Facebook group, uh, go ahead and message him and he'll be, uh, like he said, he'll be glad to answer every, every, any and all questions you've got about that platform. It's a great platform. Again, that's Twitch. And uh, I urge you all to check it out. Give it a, give it a go whenever you can. Uh, okay, so uh, we're uh, running into, uh, I think you've got the Wizards Talk uh, set up next here. Um, oh, give football us one Talk and Wizards Talk, but we got both of them, but yeah. Give us a one last quick update on the Wizards game before we sign off. Yeah, so the Washington Wizards are up right now. I believe it's 104 to 94 uh, with about uh, eight and a half minutes left uh, here in the fourth quarter. And we'll be also, uh, if people want to go and check it out later, and they can always go back on my YouTube channel as well, uh, youtube.com slash Robbie Gross, or you can go to sportsothp.com and I'll separate all these into video segments. But we'll be talking about the AFC, NFC championship games, uh, as well as uh, the Wizards have had an amazing run here over the last week. And so that'll be the final and third segment of tonight's show. Awesome. All right. So uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, we've got one game to cover next week, and we've already talked about it a bit. So hopefully, Caps will bring home a win before the nice long all star break hits. 
so we will be recording in a regular format next week with a with a very brief edition talking about that game and uh, how the team's doing overall at that point. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and end it for Robbie Gross. Thanks once again, sir, for uh, carrying us for this week in this simulcast edition. It will be available in podcast format um, later on in the week if you enjoy it that way. Uh, so again, sir, thank you very much. So we're going to wrap it up for another episode of the Power Play Point podcast. So for Robbie Gross, this is the Blue Liner on Point signing off and reminding you that if you can at all avoid it, please, please, please keep your pets, your dogs especially, away. If you happen to have a, a game of Scrabble going, please keep your dogs away from the, t- the tiles. I once had a time where my dog swallowed all of my tiles, had to take him to the vet to get him checked out. Um, he's still there. No word yet. stone stone expression just like Anna. i expected nothing less hallelujah and let's go caps let's go caps all right well thank you gil i appreciate it and uh i will definitely send that to you in a little bit we'll bring in uh our guests for our football talk now but we'll talk to you next week and hopefully we'll have anna back as well thank you sir thank you very much that joke was priceless, Gil. <laughs> Thanks. All righty. Well, we're going to switch gears here. We're going to bring in uh, Tim and uh, bring in Champ as well. Um, we've got a live Wizards game right now. The Wizards are up 107 to 96 with eight minutes on the clock on my end. I'm sure it's slightly different for uh, Champ and Tim, but um, uh, Denny is uh, have a career high 23 points tonight. Uh, so, uh, he's been definitely playing very well, um, in this, uh, champ, I'll go to you first. What are some of your thoughts on this wizards game before we get into the NFL playoffs? Denny is turning up this game and I love it. They, he has a nickname. They call him turbo and clearly we can see why they call him turbo. When he gets in the lane, he turns on the jets to drive that lane and get those, that those buckets. So he's playing very well. Bill's playing very well. Christos Porzingis, who they thought was only going to, was going to be out week to week was back after three games and is playing well. And I I'm trying not to jinx it, but I think my prediction might come true. They still have about less than eight. They have less than nine minutes to go. So please, please don't make me look like a jackass. Right. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one. Um, it always comes down to the wire. It was funny. I was looking at it last year. We were supposed to cover this game um, and uh, the live um, Washington football team is what they called it that, that year. Um, and uh, we decided to punch everything to the next day. And then we came back with them then losing 22 in a row. So we're trying to break that streak right here. Uh, Wizards are up now 109 uh, to 98. We're just approaching seven minutes left. We'll, we'll give scoring updates about this in, in a little bit, but we're also here to really talk about the NFL playoffs uh, and the NFC uh, uh, championship game and the AFC championship game. And then we'll also preview uh, the Super Bowl as well. Tim, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. Good to uh, talk to you guys. Glad to um, hopefully see a Wizards win in, in the streak. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, we also have a Pokemon in chat if anybody wants to uh, catch that. Um, 
and uh so um we are live on facebook and on twitch um and this will also be on youtube after the fact uh so let's i'll have you guys break down more of the nfc game uh because i was in the airport trying to keep um uh two tiny humans alive and going in the right direction and you know going uh, into an airplane eventually uh so i missed a lot of this game i did get to see parts of it uh but i will rely on you more heavily for this part of it uh but um Tim, why don't you start off by giving your thoughts overall? I mean, it was kind of ended up being a lot of injuries uh, for the 49ers, uh, which led to kind of a bit of a blowout in this game. Uh, but uh, why don't you give your thoughts on it and then I'll let Champ do it. I'm going to go fill my water glass while you do that. You're on mute, dude. Yeah, I just think in general, the refs had a rough day. Um Starting in the fourth quarter, they had a really bad call on the fourth down where uh, the Eagles had were going for it on fourth down. They threw it to um, the wide receiver, and it was clearly an incomplete pass. And it wasn't called an incomplete pass, and uh, it, it turned into a touchdown. And I just think the refs had a bad day in both games. Obviously, the 49ers deserve to lose the game anyway. And their injuries at quarterback cost them a lot. But it, you know, that game started out kind of in a weird way and it was never very close. So just the 49ers, I think, would have had a chance if Purdy stayed healthy, but he got hurt on the first possession and um, their backup really had no chance. He had a, a terrible turnover. So it, it wasn't a great game. Philly was playing good home um football and it just ended up being a blowout so i was kind of disappointed by by that game yeah i have to agree with you tim i mean early on the 49er defense looked like the number one defense in the nfl uh the way it was playing jalen hurts in that offense which is in the top five in the nfl it was basically best versus best on both sides when it comes to both sides of the ball but then suddenly after Brock Purdy went down, which was revealed today as a torn UCL in his throwing elbow. So that's why he was extremely limited. Even though they were down by multiple touchdowns, they still had to run the football because Brock Purdy couldn't throw the football and their emergency quarterback was uh, Christian McCaffrey because of the fact that Josh Johnson went down with the concussion. This was just a tough game for the 49ers to overcome. And, uh, and, and the crazy part about this is that the Eagles, all their touchdowns were scored on runs by their running back, as well as their quarterback. They didn't, I didn't throw a single throwing touchdown in this game and still ran away with it. And I think that's the, 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 the crazy thing to think about is that this team can win by throwing it all over the yard, or they can win by grinding it out and running all over you. Either way, they find different ways to beat you. And they managed to grind out this one of the like the best defense in the, in the league. They grinded them out and managed to beat them running the football. And then the 49ers, as I mentioned, that like their quarterback situation ended up getting messed up. Brock Purdy, who was undefeated coming into this game, ends up getting hurt, uh, but still having to play it out because yeah, because Josh Johnson goes down. It was just it was all doomed for them. It sucks that their season ended this way, but it just showed how good Philly has been this entire season. And I said it in the pre before the preseason started, all the moves that the Eagles made this offseason, 
I knew they were going to be a problem. And sure enough, here they are now getting ready to head to Tempe, Arizona and play to win their second Super Bowl in five years. Unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I'm excited for the Super Bowl breakdown portion of this show when we, when we get to that. I definitely want to temper that because I, I want to break into each of these games. I was so disappointed uh, for the 49ers that they just had this injury bug all season and um, you know, the quarterback position and they finally kind of figured it out, but then it reared its head at a very, at the worst time, uh, for them once again. And, uh, it's disappointing. Uh, but what a story for the Eagles also though. I mean, all season long, they've been, you know, one of the top teams and I, you know, I hate to, you know, admit that or whatever, but, you know, first of all, I'm happy that the, um, commanders uh, beat them once. Right. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, and it shows, how good the division really was it wasn't a fluke you know they got three teams in they almost got four teams in and it wasn't you know i'm kind of happy in some ways that the top team from our division was the top team of the nfc because it really does validate the good season the nfc east had um and uh i i'm disappointed that it's the eagles because i obviously don't like them uh but um at least in some ways I have some ties to that city. I went to college there. So like, I, I don't hate them as much as I hate maybe the giants or the, the Cowboys just because of that. Um, also, cause I thought they got really dicked over by new England in the super bowl when I was you know in college there. And I, um, you know, I really kind of wanted something good to go on for that city there. And uh, I was really mad at the Patriots that year. Uh, so uh, it'll be a really interesting Super Bowl that we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, just a really disappointing game uh, overall. Any final thoughts that either of you guys have before we move into the um, AFC Championship game? I mean, again, like I said, the Eagles made the right moves in the offseason. It all paid off. They lost only three games in the regular season and now, and you know, got hot at the right time. And now they have a chance to once again win a Super Bowl with a, a, a third-year quarterback and a second-year head coach, like second-year quarterback and second-year head coach. I mean, all the stars seem to align, but we'll talk about that later. But right now, they look like the team to beat. Yeah, they look really good. Tim, any final thoughts on the uh, NFC Championship? No, I just um, – I wouldn't want to be a 49ers fan in Philly because they already beat up visiting fans, and it was a blowout. So I hope they made it out safe. Yeah, I, I hope they did too. So, all right, let's get into the game that we really want to talk about, the game that in some ways just wasn't a dud. And I'm sorry, Anna, if you're listening. And I'm sorry to Jesse if you're listening. We had both of them on last week. It was so hype. And I was so excited to hopefully try to get both of them on this week if they had won. Uh, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. But, yeah, this other game, it was so interesting. I was kind of worried of how much I was going to be able to watch of this game. But there was a delay in the airport uh and i was able to watch the beginning of it and then uh because the flight was delayed most of the flight i had a four hour flight was uh or three hour flight rather was during this game and uh so i got to watch almost all of it on i want to give southwest mad props for having direct tv uh that you can get for free um using their web app so i got to watch that and the kids were on their ipads and uh, I, I watched so much more of this game than I expected I was going to. And uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful game. It really reminded me a lot of last year's game. Uh, it ended up with a different result than last year's game. Uh, but uh, I was just really happy with how the game went down. I thought that um, 
you know, it wasn't a blowout either way, which is what I really didn't want. I really didn't want Cincinnati to go to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Um, and so I got the result that I wanted. There was some questionable officiating. I saw a lot of people talking about that in both games. Um, but I, I don't know. I It didn't seem that bad to me in this one. There was definitely some boneheaded plays for sure um you know by cincinnati and why they lost this game but overall i thought it was a great game i'm going to go through the scoring a little bit of it and then we'll we'll have you guys break it down uh this will kind of be our spotlight uh game of the week uh but uh just uh it started off uh, with a kind of a defensive match um with uh, the Chiefs scoring three and cincinnati just scoring zero uh, in the first quarter, just not a, a whole lot of offense, a lot of really good defense and, and feeling each other out. Uh, the Chiefs were able to score 10 points uh, in, in the second um, quarter, um, including um, a, a field goal early on. And then on a fourth and one, a 14-yard touchdown play, which was a kind of a gutsy call at the time. But it was really important uh, for momentum early. Uh, and then um, uh, there was uh, two field goals uh for cincinnati in the first half uh but i I really thought that getting that second field goal for cincinnati gave them a lot of momentum going into the uh halftime and in the third quarter they were able to score a touchdown to tie the game uh it was a 27 yard strike and then mahomes comes back and he scores a touchdown um and so they're up by seven going into the fourth quarter but p ryan scores a really nice uh, rushing touchdown up the middle ties the game with 13 35 left um but then a field goal uh, with some definite uh a bad penalty and some miscues down the stretch for cincinnati uh gives kansas city the win uh tim i'll let you start off uh i know you really hate cincinnati um as a Ravens fan, uh, but what were some of your thoughts on the up and down of this game and uh, the game overall? Yeah, I agree with you on two points. Um, the first is the refing wasn't good. It did not cost the Bengals the game, but that call where the um, Kansas City Chiefs got a, an extra third down on an important fourth quarter drive They then got a penalty on the Bengals defensive holding, got the first down, continued the drive. They didn't score. They punted and they still won the game, but the Bengals coach was livid. And if I was a Bengals fan, to be fair, I would have been livid as well because it's the fourth quarter of the AFC championship. You should not give a team that's that good an extra chance to convert on third down. It, they did convert. It didn't change the game outcome, but that's terrible. Um, that's what I was telling Chant when you went for a break. Um, the refing was not good yesterday overall. They didn't change either game, but there's two really big calls that um, were not correct. So that's bad. Um, I do think, though, the Bengals – uh, the script was fim- similar. I agree. It was like last year because the chiefs had a big lead. They blew the lead again. Uh, they tied it, but the Bengals weren't able to take the lead. And I think it was just the chiefs defense had all of these young players, especially in the secondary making plays. They had, I want to say two interceptions in the game and burrow rarely throws playoff interceptions. So Big shout out to the Kansas City defense, not the superstars necessarily, um, 
like Kelsey uh, making plays because he was like triple teamed. But those defensive stops at the end, when you thought the uh, Bengals would take the lead with that offense, they weren't able to. So, um, you know, that's impressive because the Chiefs obviously can score. But if that defense can make stops, they'll probably win the Super Bowl. And also, the last thing I'll say is I hate the Bengals. I'm glad they lost. They talk a lot. But I will say they had a lot of fans in the, um, at the game. So that's kind of impressive, uh, you know, like a road contingent. But good game. Yeah. I uh, I was really happy with the outcome of that one. But Chef, what are some of your thoughts? Sorry, I'm watching it. Like my my, my prediction is about to come true. It's only like almost two minutes to go. Let's yeah, go, yeah. Wiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Finally. yeah. I I do. I will say with a quick little sc- scoring update, we just hit a number th- a three and a dagger. Kind of, you know, there's still some time left, but um, yeah, the Wizards are up at least on my screen, one twenty three uh, to one hundred six, and uh, it's uh, a very close uh, game at times. But I think that they are going to be able to pull this off, um, and, and hopefully a sizable victory. I'd love them to win by more than ten. Uh, that would be really nice. Ooh, it's a it's a nice basket right there. Uh, Ninety seconds left on on my screen. How how much time is left on yours, champ? Uh, I have two eleven because I'm watching on my phone and not my TV. Okay, I'm so I'm a little bit behind, but it's all it's all good. Yeah. But um, but back to the AFC Championship game. Now, first thing I want to address is someone said earlier on that the referees handed a ticket to the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's stop that bullshit right now. Was the refereeing bad? Of course. Is the refereeing going to be consistent? Not re- uh, Of course it's not going to be consistent. But let's not sit here and say that the refs handed the Kansas City Chiefs the AFC Championship game and a trip to Tempe, Arizona, because that's not what happened, especially on that, on that unnecessary roughness play where everybody and their mama said that was the correct call. Everybody and their mama said that was the correct call. Even the man who committed the penalty said, yes, that was the right, like, I did it. I messed up. And his own teammate yelled at him, but then later on said, you know what? I was not a good teammate yelling at him like that. Everybody knew they messed up that, that everybody knew that was a, that was the right call. So for somebody to sit there and say, oh, they handed him a ticket. Nah, I'm not accepting that bullshit. I'm not listening to that bullshit. And we're going to keep that bullshit moving because that's not what happened. What happened was you had two of the best teams in the AFC go at it tooth and nail. You had one of the best quarterbacks of the modern era with a high ankle sprain and an immense amount of pain still go out there and only have, have the one fumble. But he still had two touchdowns to someone who was dealing with a back injury and Travis Kelsey. One of those touchdowns was Travis Kelsey. The other one was a beautiful thread of the needle to MVS. Like, I don't know how in the world he managed with a bum ankle to make that throw. But somehow he made that throw for a touchdown. That is incredible. This was a – this was – the best game of the weekend. It was much more competitive. You didn't know which way it was going to go, but it did come down to that one unnecessary roughness penalty where Mahomes was at least two feet out, like two steps out of bounds, got pushed, 15 extra yards, gave Bucker enough to let, and he still barely got it in. So that 15-yard penalty doesn't happen. We could be talking about overtime. We could be talking about overtime because he barely got that in for 40-something yards out. 
So there's no telling what would have happened if that penalty does not go down. But this was still a very high, uh, entertaining game. KC got their win back, and we're look. I'm I, I'm I'm so excited for the Super Bowl. But this is a really fun game to watch. I had so I had a blast watching this one. Honestly, I had a blast. Yeah. So Antog in chat, uh, Antog forty one on Twitch. Um, he says all the penalties against the Cincinnati Bengals kills momentum. Uh, given the free third down play that we talked about, uh, and then. Um, you know, it's just basically um, and it stopped them and gave them that first down on a ticky tack play. It's yeah, it's true. All those things are true, but I still think that uh, that's going to happen in an NFL game. Like the officiating just isn't that good across the league. We've talked about it all season, right? I mean, there's they've missed calls at that level. Uh, I don't think that they handed them the game by any means. I thought it was a pretty well played game, and in the end. If you don't do that stupid penalty, like it's overtime and who knows what happens. So like, it's not like it was handed to them. Like they, they just needed to not make that play. So, um, and uh, so it's. Uh, I kind of wanted to see the overtime though, because NFL overtime and playoffs has new rules now. So I think it's, you can't win on the first possession, no matter what, like both teams have to get, a possession and I just feel like probably the first team would have scored a touchdown. So yeah, we, we I probably would have seen that happen yesterday. I might spoil this for champ. But I do want to announce that we have a final in our Wizards game. Up, so. Yeah. Okay. Good. 127 to 106. Denny with a career high 25 points, which anyone that knows uh, me and knows that I'm a big Denny fan. Uh, he both uh, is Jewish and he also wears the number nine, which is my favorite number. Uh, so I, I've always been a big fan of him. I'm happy he went off tonight. He's being interviewed right now. And uh, I mean, 25 points is big in, in a game like this. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that uh, in the next segment for sure. But um, uh, yeah. I told you, I told you <laughs> I all it was ending tonight. It has to, right? I mean, you can't 23 times would have been too many. It just, it can't happen. I thought it was over two years ago for some reason because I thought, yeah, like, we they've been kind of bad for a couple of years. So this yeah. is the yeah. Wizards' first victory of San Antonio since December eleventh, nineteen ninety nine. That was the the school year I was graduating high school. Yeah, I yeah. shouted out Mitch Richmond. <laughs> Mitch Richmond had the high score. Mitch uh, Richmond points in that game. So. Yeah, I don't think Denny was even born the last time they beat him, and he's the MVP of the game. So, you know, that gives you an idea of how – he's 22 as well. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of crazy uh, when you think about it. Um, but I, I'm happy for the Wizards. All right, um, I think it's time that I'm going to switch the graphics over and we're going to uh, talk about this Super Bowl. Uh, I'm really – excited about this matchup for three reasons and then i'll let you you guys give your thoughts as well um first of all uh you know i really do respect andy reed obviously he's been the coach of a team that i hated for a very long time but i do think he's one of the best he's one of the only uh he's the only coach to ever coach a team to 10 wins and then do another team to 10 wins in the playoffs uh and by doing that he also is the only one to do it in both conferences um so that's pretty incredible and then for him to go up against the eagles the team that made him right Uh, an opportunity on the biggest stage to do that um the kelsey brothers two of you know the best players in their each of their positions you know tight end and center 
uh, to get to go against each other. That poor mom gets to be the first mom to ever have two of her, her children play against each other in the Super Bowl. And so talk about it, a house divided. Um, and uh, so that's I a great coaches, at least because of the hardball bros. Right, exactly. So they've done the coaches one before. And now just a couple of years later, now we've got player uh, brothers going against each other. And um, and then obviously the third story to have uh, the first two black uh, quarterbacks against each other in uh, Super Bowl history, which I think is really cool. It's something I, I hadn't fully appreciated until it, it came out because, uh, you know, it has been more diverse over the last you know, 10, 15 years. And you can sort of see that it's been kind of building to this very moment. Uh, and the other cool thing about this one is both of those brothers actually have one Super Bowl championship each. And so this will break who will have more in, in that one. Uh, which I thought was kind of a cool storyline, a sub storyline as well. Uh, but just really exciting. Uh, both number one seeds. It doesn't happen very often, which I think is why people are thinking, oh, there's like a, it's a script or or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about this Super Bowl, even if it does have the Eagles in it. I'm obviously, people have been asking in chat, who am I rooting for? And I'm uh, rooting for, uh, the Kansas City uh, Chiefs, um, just because I think that would be exciting. And I also wanted to mention that it's the winner of our second season Super Bowl and the winner of our fourth season Super Bowl uh, playing against each other um, uh, in, in this one. So both teams have won a Super Bowl recently as well. Uh, so uh, a lot of uh, really cool things going on. Uh, Champ, I'll go to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Super Bowl? I just like the fact that it's two African-American quarterbacks playing in the Super Bowl and how ironic that the Super Bowl is being played during Black History Month and this is happening. That is absolutely incredible. And now there are two African-American quarterbacks, two extremely talented African-American quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts uh, in his third year, as I said, his second year, but it's his third year, and uh, Pat Mahomes, who's in his, I believe, his fourth or fifth year, I mean, you have two young, talented quarterbacks. Now, Pat Mahomes, he'll have an additional couple of weeks to be able to heal up that high ankle sprain and be ready for this Super Bowl. So that's the one hope you have to have as a Kansas City Chiefs fan is that those two weeks that he those couple of weeks that he, the team has off uh, before they begin their prep for the Super Bowl, that he has time to rest that ankle, rehab that ankle, and be ready to go. Because even with an ankle like that was no near 100% to still put up the numbers that he did in the AFC Championship game shows and tells you that he is definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in this Super Bowl. And then you look at Jalen Hurts, who, of course, came back from an injury uh, towards the tail end of the season, and he looks like he's about 100% as well. So he's looking like he's firing all, all cylinders. This looks like it's going to be a shootout because both defenses aren't tops in the league, but they're not bad defenses. But when you look at uh, on the offensive side of the ball, both teams have have very dangerous weapons on their offensive side of the ball that's going to cause fits for these defenses, obviously. So the key for Kansas City is they're going to have to find a way to contain Jalen Hurts, keep him in the pocket, make him, make him, beat him beat them with his arm. Same thing with Mahomes, especially if that ankle's still not 100% by the time they get to the Super Bowl on the 12th of February. Keep him in the pocket, make him beat him with his arm, which he has a very strong arm. So make, make him beat him with beat, 
beat that defense with the, with his arm. Don't don't let him try to run out the pocket and run around and stuff like that. Both quarterbacks, they could stay in the pocket. They could still do things, but one team could have the edge on that. And I feel like Kansas City will have the edge, and here's why. Jalen Hurts is only in his third year, and this is his first opportunity at a Super Bowl championship. He's never been in this situation before. He's never been in a situation where he's got to go through all this buildup, go through all these press conferences, these practices, then get to the big game and then have to sit for 30 plus minutes because Rihanna's performing at the halftime show where he might end up getting cold, whereas Pat Mahomes has been here before. He's been here twice before. So he knows what to expect from this. He's been there before. Travis Kelsey knows where's what about this. Many members of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, team knows what this moment is being in the Super Bowl. Whereas with the Eagles, there are a lot of people on this on this team have never been here before. And I think that's where KC has the edge. They've been here before. A lot of the members of the Eagles team have not, and that's where we're going to edge them out. I'm going with KC on this one because of the experience factor uh, of KC over Philly. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes total sense. I think um, to speak to your point, you're right. He's played really five seasons. He technically had six, but he only played one game that first year, right? Um, but he's been so durable for Kansas City. I was looking at his games played and his record. It's been really amazing to watch uh, how he's played since 2018. He played in 16 games in 18, 14 and 19, 15 and 20, 17 and 21, and 17 and 22, right? So to be that durable, to be there for the team every game is is huge. And that's why I think it's so important um, you know, that he comes out and plays a healthy game Um I think if he's healthy, they win because of that experience factor that you're talking about, that they've been in the postseason and they've been far into the postseason uh, for a lot of these, you know, they, they were three and zero in 2019, two and one in 2020, two and one in 21. Right. So like um, he's got a lot of wins, um, you know, in his, how many wins does he have? Two, four, six, eight, 10 wins, playoff uh, postseason wins, um, which is impressive. Right. So He's been in a lot of these high-pressure games, and I think that that will definitely shine. Tim, what are some of your thoughts on the Super Bowl? One thing that I thought was interesting is um, the line moved from Kansas City favored by 1.5 to Eagles favored by 1.5 today. So at least the betters think the Eagles uh, are probably going to win. Not that that matters a lot, but that's just a big swing, so – I can see it. I mean, it's a really tough game to handicap because the Eagles really were not tested at all. They only had to play two games and they were blowouts, big blowouts. I mean, the fourth quarter, both games, they were playing subs by the end. So everybody thinks like, like Ken, probably it's going to be a closer game and Kansas city has the experience, the age Um, they would probably pull it out, but um, you know, there is a, there is a chance that the Eagles will, um, be able to do enough maybe in the first half to kind of run the ball a lot in the second half, like they did against the 49ers and extend their lead. So I do think if there is a blowout in this game, um, it's probably the Eagles winning, but I think if it's close, which is more likely that would favor Kansas city in a tight game, but just it, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to feel, but I guess I'll, I'll pick the Eagles if I have to pick a team. 
real quick. So, so Pat Mahomes is 10 and three in the postseason in his career. He's he has a 66.73 percent uh completion percentage, 3,902 yards, 32 touchdowns, seven interceptions for a career postseason quarterback rating of 106.1. And that's in 13 postseason games in his nearly six year career. Yeah. That's why I'm well, going, Casey. Yeah, I. He's been so clutch, and it's just been interesting to see you know, how he's able to do it and how the Eagles get to him early to try to knock him out, right? Because, I mean, that I hate to say it, that's their best bet um, in, in this you know, sort of game is to you know, hit him often, right? And, like, you know, make him you know, work for it. Uh, but uh, it, it'll be really, really interesting to see. I see that Arun is in the waiting room and Arun, if you want to join in and, and give your super bowl prediction you are more than welcome to as well um and um nice there's a dog <laughs> there it is i like i think the dog's in a different location it's a different Old dog. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing yeah the dog i guess uh he moved a couple of inches <laughs> yes well now he looks like he's on a beach i thought he was in a different background before but i don't know maybe it was a um but uh Arun, how are you doing tonight uh, not bad. Uh, the games, I guess the one game was pretty good. The other game was kind of trash. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I don't really know what's going to happen in the Super Bowl because I, I don't know which Patrick Mahomes is going to show up. If it's the, the one from this week who's kind of like banged up, then I think the Eagles are going to get them and injure him again, like they injured uh, Purdy and uh, Josh Johnson. But he has a little bit more mobility, like he showed in the last drive. and maybe they have a chance as Tim said if they keep it close um but I think the Eagles defense it has much more than the um disappeared yeah uh, uh, much more killer instinct than the like uh like the Bengals the Bengals I feel like they could have hit Mahomes like a couple times but they felt kind of bad that he was injured and then like it kind of backfired at the end when they did hit him on the out of bounds play. They're like, oh, he's running, time to hit him, and he's out of bounds. So um, the Bengals kind of, I think, I don't want to say choke, but maybe 50%, whatever word that is. But like, they didn't really put the Chiefs away when they had the chance. And um, I think the Eagles are better. I just, I'm kind of concerned about Jalen Hurts. I got to think about. He didn't really look that sharp against the 49ers. They just ran the ball all over the um, 49ers. And if you don't have a quarterback, it's going to be tough to win. So I'm kind of interested to see what the Jalen Hurts dynamic is in a big playoff game. Yeah, so I want to get people's thoughts in chat of who they're going to pick in the in the Super Bowl as well. Um, uh, but... Uh, uh, Fry joined chat. He thinks Philly is going to crush the Chiefs. That's interesting. Uh, you know, I think that Philly does have the offensive power to do that potentially. Maybe if they're if Philly's defense shows up and uh, kind of like they did against the 49ers. But I don't know. I I kind of with kind of with the experience factor of Kansas City. I just don't think that can be overlooked. Um, and you think the Chiefs barely overcame the Bengals. But with that being said, I think the Chiefs or the Bengals had one of the better defenses that were left in the final four. And so I think the fact they got past that defense is huge and a really good test for them. Um, 
He says Philly has the answer to lay down the power. Interesting. Ant Dog, who do you have uh, in the Super Bowl? Who do you, who are you going for? Or who do you think is going to win? Uh, and I'll uh, I'll post whatever you respond. In, in I bet there. you Fry Bread is an Eagles fan. That's why he's picking. The, they're picking. Yeah, the Eagles. They, they they're from Canada. Um, and so Ant Dog is also picking uh, Philly as well. Interesting. All right. Um, and if anybody else wants to throw down in Twitch chat or on Facebook chat who they're, um, you know, picking, um, I will also announce that live, uh, in just a minute, but I, I was, um, so Arun, the, the end of that Cincinnati game, you don't think that refs gave it to him, right? You're of the mindset that Kansas city did earn that victory. Um, I don't know. There was actually like holding on the play by, uh, Kansas city. So they kind of dipped it a little bit, but I also feel like the Bengals should have probably had the lead. Like there's like officiating at some role in the game, but I also feel like the Bengals probably should have already been winning at that point, if that makes any sense. And there's also a hold on that special teams return or block in the back um, by the Chiefs. And the, they showed like this, the um, immediately they flashed to like the head coach of the special teams coach, I think, of the Bengals. He's like yelling at the refs. And then you saw the replay and there's clearly a block in the back. Um, there might have been, I'm not going to rule out, there might have been some agenda to get the Chiefs in, um, in the Super Bowl, but bad calls happen all the time, and sometimes you just can't control it. And um, I think there was also a late hit on Burrow, like a couple minutes before that. Um, but it felt kind of weird, actually, the Bengals were going to make it to the Super Bowl. People are um, talking about the Eagles' easy path to the Super Bowl, but the Bengals, they played the Ravens without um, Lamar Jackson. Then last week, I guess Josh Allen was there, but he kind of was pretty terrible in that uh, Bengals game. And then this game, Mahomes, like, threw a pass, kind of like a fumble. And so I guess, like, it wasn't like the Bengals. The Bengals kind of had the opportunity to win this game. And if they're only going to put up 20 points, it's they're, probably they didn't really deserve to win. All right, I actually put a poll up on um, Twitch to see who's going to win uh, Eagles or Chiefs uh, so people can uh, check that out live. Uh, it's a five-minute poll. Um, uh, so my dad thinks the Eagles will win, and then he says maybe. Um, and uh, so my dad's got a funny distinguish. He's been in all, well, three out of the four cities of the NFC East. Uh, so he's lived in New York, Philadelphia, and Washington. Um, so... Uh, It'll be interesting. To see. I'm, I'm still going with Chiefs in my pick. But the, so far, the early returns, though, are four for the Eagles and only myself for the Chiefs. So um, we'll see if anybody um, uh, else joins me on that side of, of the thing. Uh, but um, Ar Arun, so you, you still think you're going to go Eagles? No, I haven't made a prediction. I don't know which way I'm going. Because I feel like if it was this week, I'd pick – I think Mahomes might actually be healthy enough in two weeks. Like, I think he'll be healthier. And then the Andy Reid factor, him coaching against the Eagles. I think it's going to be like a toss-up game, but I might just go with the Chiefs just because of Patrick Mahomes over Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, Tim, any final uh, thoughts on uh, on the Super Bowl? No, uh, I'll stick with Eagles, but I'm not too confident. Hopefully it'll be a close game. Yeah, I hope that's a good game, too. Um, and we already know that uh, Champ is picking uh, Kansas City. But Champ, any final thoughts on the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, like I said, I feel like the experience that the case that Casey has will be the edge over the Eagles, and it will be a pretty close game. But I feel like the the Kansas City knows what to do in these situations, and they'll come out on top. For sure, yeah. The uh, the Kelsey Bowl hurts all day. All right, Fry. I, I mean, what you say makes sense. Well, we'll see. Um, I think they've been one of the best teams in the league all year. I just I'm curious if having that expertise long term. Uh, with you know how many games that Kansas City has played in the last you know five six years in in the playoffs, I just think that I can't you know Champ was talking about that. I just don't think it can be overlooked, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting which Kelsey it reigns supreme. So um, all right, we're going to switch over uh, now into our NBA talk, and um, but thank you everyone for joining us. No talk. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I'll talk about it for a second. I'll ask a question. Uh, <laughs> are, are any of you guys gonna watch it? Um, Hell no. <laughs> no, I'm glad the Mannings are in that, but that's the only good thing. Yeah, and uh, Arun, are you gonna watch it? Maybe just the Commander special teams player, but other than that, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So I guess we're not Chris gonna break punt, punt, that. Punt. Um, clinic. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, uh, we're going to switch our graphics over and then I'll end our football talk. Um, and we won't do football talk next week, but we will come back and recap the Super Bowl the, the following week on episode 299. Uh, I'm going to get to go to the Caps game right before the Super Bowl with my dad, who's in chat and my son. And we're, or I'm excited. So we're going to do the Caps game first and then we'll watch Super Bowl. And then the next day we'll recap it with you guys um on the results of that again on episode 299 uh let's switch gears uh to the wizards who actually just won a game uh 127 to 106 uh a big time win uh champ i'm gonna let you go first on your thoughts on uh, tonight oh i i said it last week i said it's finally gonna happen the 22-game losing streak in San Antonio was going to happen. And sure enough, they started off They started off the week and went on a winning streak after a very tough loss to the Warriors last week. And they decided enough was enough. We're tired of this crap. It is time for a change. And they went and did that. And then they came into tonight, and they absolutely dominated the San Antonio Spurs dominated the Spurs, did so well. Denny Abdia having a career night was one rebound shy of a double-double and absolutely played his heart. They played their hearts out with seven players and double figures. They knew what they needed to do, and they went and they did it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, I'm going to go to you next, Tim. What are, what are your thoughts on tonight's uh, big one? I think um, a lot of people are really upset about the Rui trade, but – the Wizards roster probably is uh, benefiting from getting rid of the logjam at power forward. And Denny has really become a, um, a double-double machine. So I think he's he's getting comfortable. He doesn't feel the pressure to um, make the most of his minutes as much. So he's playing a lot better. And uh, I think the Wizards, um, now we can finally see their big three hopefully healthy and playing. Um, this was one of the few games that they were all together and they won. So they're now back in the ninth seat, I think. And um, who knows? I guess they decided not to tank after all. Right. We did talk about that last week, that this was going to be an interesting week to see 
for the Wizards. And I'm not sure any of us had a sweeping um, this week, though. It, it was um, we were hoping there was you know two of these. Um, well, one's a back-to-back directly. We'll talk about that one, uh, the Dallas one going into the Rockets. But then we have a Saturday and then a day off and then a game uh, today. But the Pelicans have been one of the top teams uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so that was going to be a tough matchup as well. But let's start back with the Mavericks game. Um, we thought that this could be a tone setter, but Dallas has been really good as of late. Uh, Wizards started up 32-28 to 28 in the first quarter. And... Um, uh, then uh, in the second quarter, they outscored them 33 to 32. Uh, Dallas came back a bit in the third. Uh, they were able to put up 37 points uh, to the Wizards 34, and they were able to outscore them in the fourth, just barely 29 to 28 uh, for a 127-126 victory. It was a very, very close match, especially down the stretch. Uh, Kuzma went off for 30 points. Uh, Bradley Beal had 22 um it was a great night for denny uh he had a double double uh but just overall it was just a really uh a great game for the wizards i'm going to start off with tim uh what were your thoughts on this important win over dallas this kind of got um a lot of the momentum started i thought um the wizards without porzingis uh would likely lose this game um luca played well but just Beal and Kuzma um, played well, and the Wizards were able to get the win. Um, the thing that stands out to me about this game, besides obviously getting a tough road win, is um, Dinwiddie made some really disparaging comments about the Wizards franchise after the game because he was mad that they lost uh, this close game. But he basically just said the Wizards um, – you know, people just try to get their stats and showcase their game, but it's not about winning. It's not about the team, but I don't know. He just seems bitter because he did take a pretty big deal from the Wizards and then only played for half a year. So anyway, um, good win. And this is a playoff team. So this was um, the most impressive win of the week, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, Champ, what are your uh, thoughts on this one? First and foremost, Spencer Dinwiddie can kiss my grits and shut the hell up. That's my number. That's number one. Number two, this was the game that I was most worried about in this this past week stretch because of how good the Mavericks can be, and the fact that they were able to go toe to toe with the Mavs in their home on their home court and beat them, but albeit by one, but still beat them was very very gratifying. It was great to see two of the big three be able to to carry the load with 53 52 points combined between the two of them with Denny going having a good game uh and uh Wright also having a pretty decent game off the bench uh with 10 points on, in 21 minutes. Daniel Gafford ended up fouling out of this game pretty uh with only 9 points and 7 rebounds. So he didn't have much of a contribution, but it still was enough for this team to be able to go on and beat a very, very tough Dallas Mavericks team to continue the winning streak that they started the, uh, earlier on. So uh, good on the Wizards. This was a big one, and they needed it badly. Yeah, for sure. I um, I was really impressed by this victory. It was a great game to watch. I really enjoyed this one a lot, actually. Um and I thought just some real grit down the stretch because it was definitely not a an easy game by any means. I mean, that team fought tooth and nail uh, to try to get back in it. Arun, what are some of your thoughts on this one? 
the Wizards just don't lose to Spencer Dinwiddie, apparently, since he's been traded. And two of those three games, they didn't have Bradley Beal. And, and two of the three games, they didn't have Christoph Porzingis, who was the guy who was traded. In the last game, Porzingis and Beal didn't play. And this one, um, Beal played. And he had like a key turnover down the stretch, but he also had a step back three. Um, DeLon Wright with the key steal, though. Um, I think Luka Doncic wanted uh, Dinwiddie to get the ball so he could bury the game winner, but Wright read it all the way. He picked it off and threw the ball up in the air and attempted a half-court shot to let the clock expire. And the Wizards just, um, I guess I wasn't, I thought this game was more winnable than the Pelicans game just because the Wizards just come out to play against Spencer Dinwiddie. Tim alluded to the comments that he made after the game that um, the Wizards don't play winning basketball. And then Kuzma um, tweeted back that uh, Dinwiddie was a clown. He said the Mavericks don't play winning basketball either. And like alluding to the comment he made earlier in the season, it was just Luka Doncic, who's like the only good player on the team right now, especially with Jalen Brunson gone. And Luka had 41 points. Um, there wasn't much the Wizards could really do about it because he just draws a lot of fouls and no matter what they do. But um, it was just a good win for the Wizards and Bertens. He had a three from like 30 feet, but then I think it was pretty quiet from three-point range the rest of the game. Um, overall, good win. Good effort by Beal, Danny, and Kuzma. Yes, I'm happy that uh, people from uh, the True No Spots podcast are finding their way over in chat uh, to Sports on the Hill podcast. So welcome uh, in. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it's I was just so happy overall with with this game. I, I don't know. It was definitely one of my favorite games to watch. This one and the, the Penguins game uh, for the Capitals, um, you know, I think were two of my favorite games this week to watch for sure. Uh, I was hoping that we would win that game and it would be able to gain momentum into the Rockets game. Uh, Houston came out strong in the first quarter, outscored us 30 to 25 uh, and outscored us 28 to 18 uh, in the second quarter. Uh, but a really big uh, third quarter uh, holding the Rockets to only 23 and scoring 28 for the Wizards. And in the fourth quarter is really where it all happened. Uh, they outscored them 37 to 22 uh, for a 108 to 103 victory. Uh, Kuzma once again tops 30 uh, two nights in a row. It's hard to top 30 two nights in a row in a back-to-back situation. Uh, but just um, just having no quit. And I don't think their legs were quite right in the first half, uh, but and I thought that they were just going to kind of get run out of the court, but credit to the Wizards for coming back in the second half after I'm sure they were exhausted playing a really tough game against the Mavs the night before. Uh, we're going to start off with Champ. What are some of your thoughts on uh, this game? I only got one thing to say. Kuz! Kyle Kuzma was the man that brought this back. That man's 20 of his 33 points were scored in the fourth quarter. And one of the, the rights I had about his Wizards team last season and the season before was that third quarter. It usually if the third quarter didn't go their way, they usually lost those games. But this time, third quarter goes their way. They outscored him by five. And then Kuzma turns it on in the fourth quarter, just going off. I watched this game and Kuzma just could not be stopped and he could barely be contained. And that is why the Wizards were able to pull out a victory against a very, very subpar Rockets team. Bill also did his thing with 17 points. Denny once again with a double-double. I mean, clearly Denny Obvious starting to come into his own down this stretch with back-to-back double-doubles. Uh, 
Kendrick Nunn, the newest acquisition for the Wizards, um, proven to be a, a great acquisition, scoring 12 points off the bench. I mean, this was another very satisfying win for this Wizards team to keep this winning streak going and to give them much more momentum going into that game against the Pelicans. What a win. Yeah, just absolutely crazy that he was able to score that much. And um, yeah, it's, I'm just so happy that he's able to turn it on. And, you know, it's been interesting to see how this team has responded after this trade. Um, uh, there was kind of a log jam at that, at that position. And I think, you know, if we wanted to have some money to sign Kuzma, unfortunately we had to get rid of Rui and, um, so far, they've played pretty well afterwards. Uh, I'll go to Tim. Uh, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this was a bit odd because um, usually in a back-to-back, um, what happens is the better team plays well in the first half and then um, kind of plays a bad second half and loses their legs. But the Wizards did the opposite, and I think – Part of the reason is they play a pretty deep rotation and you have players like Kendrick Nunn and Goodwin that maybe they don't play a lot of minutes off the bench, but in important spots, you can trust them to play a lot of, a lot of big minutes and um, rest your guys. And I think in the past couple of years, the Wizards probably would have lost a game like this because clearly Beal was off in terms of shooting. Um, He's working himself back in, but to have Kuzma as your secondary scorer, that's great um, to give you a lift. And like you said, Robbie, with um, the trade, clearly the Wizards are playing better because they had an extra forward, but they might not be done with trades um, either way because they still need to figure out what to do with Kuzma and even people like Beal and Morris um, – so a couple of guys could be traded and they could potentially tr- make trades to improve the team, not just like dump salary for next year. So they're kind of in this weird point, but I feel like they're not done. I feel like there's going to be at least one more um, trade coming up. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, uh, Arun, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah. The wizards, Started off slow coming off a of back-to-back, but their record actually improved to six and three on back-to-back games. Um, Beal was kind of like, he looked really tired in his first game from a back-to-back since coming off injury. And he's kind of taking it, I think, slowly because he didn't want to re-aggravate the injury. And Kuzma only, as Ken alluded to, pick it up, picked it up in the fourth quarter. Um, so it kind of looked like the Rockets may have had a chance to win, especially Sangoon was picked at the number 16 pick right after Corey Kispert. He had triple-double. Um, but Drew Gooden alluded to that the lineup that the Rockets put up in the beginning of the fourth quarter was pretty um, garbage, and he's wondering if the Rockets were actually trying to lose the game because they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. And then I think the Wizards just kind of grabbed momentum when Kuzma hit those shots. And Kendrick Nunn was pretty big in this game. He had a slam dunk uh, crossover, and um, he had a three and played some decent defense. And I think the Rockets, like, lack of consistent outside shooting hurt them, and the Wizards were able to just kind of take over in the fourth quarter and beat probably the worst team in the NBA in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, let's get into the next matchup, uh, which was what I thought was going to be 
maybe the toughest matchup of the the whole thing. I really uh, New Orleans have been playing some really good ball lately. Uh, the Wizards outscored them by two in the first, thirty-two to thirty. Uh, outscored by seven in the second. Uh, held the Pelicans to only twenty points. Um, and then in the third, outscored them twenty-nine to um, to twenty-four. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, the Pelicans came back a little bit. Um, I was going 29 to 25, but by that point they had taken a 113 to 103 win. Um, and, uh, Daniel Gadford had himself a hell of a game in this one. Um, I'm going to go to uh, champ first. What are your thoughts? Oh man. I mean, Daniel Gafford, a uh, double, double with a season high 21 points and 12 boards. And again, another fantastic game for Denny one board short of a third straight triple double, which is incredible. And again, you have so many players in double figures, everybody contributed in the, in the best way possible for this one against a very game Pelicans team. Uh, Bradley bills started to shine in the fourth quarter, scoring nine of his 16 in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, it led to another victory there, uh fifth straight victory and, it would lead to the Pelicans falling to their seventh straight, uh, their seventh straight loss overall. And this was just a really, really, t- a really good game for the Wizards all the way around. Uh, you can see the shooting was close to 50%. Three point shooting is still very much low, but still was very effective as compared to the Pelicans. Uh, they didn't have, they had more free throw attempts than the Pelicans, but missed more than the Pelicans. But that didn't make much of a difference in the scheme of things. They were able to lead most of the game and be able to hold on to it and get that 10 point victory to continue what has been a great run for this team. And I mean, what else can you say? What a great, a great win for the Wizards. And the road trip continues with them winning four in a row on the road. This Pelicans team seems very streaky. I hadn't realized that they had lost that many before, but, um, you know, in December they won five, lost four. Then they won five, and now they had, you know, gone back and forth with some wins and losses. But as you said, they had lost a ton before our game, and I don't think I had realized a lot of them have been pretty close, you know, so it's not like they've been, like, blown out every night. But, um, you know, bad loss to Miami in there. But, um uh, just it's really interesting to see, um, you know, the, the sort of the free fall. And then after our game, they lost really badly to Milwaukee, right? So, um, at, it's just a rough time for Pelicans fans, I guess. But uh, I was happy to catch them in this moment because earlier in the season, I would have thought this would be an L for sure with how they were playing. Uh, but, uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Um, the Wizards, uh, I'm not going to say it's lucky, but, um, they definitely benefited because, uh, Zion didn't play and, um, Valanchunas got ejected because he, uh, flagrant fouled Taj Gibson and Taj Gibson's great for pissing people off. That's like his superpower. He gets people ejected. He draws technicals. So it's kind of nice to have him on the team, but, what I love besides Gafford dominating um, the small lineup is, you know, Beal and Kuzma didn't score, but it didn't matter. And I think most games when the Wizards are playing a decent team and Beal and Kuzma combined for 26, that's a definite loss. So that shows um, they're starting to score in a more balanced way. And um, getting a lot, they're getting more from their bench too, which is nice because 
the bench was has been a weakness uh, for the past few years. Yeah, for sure. Aaron, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, um, what Tim said about Jonas Valanciunas like being ejected, that was a big loss for the Pelicans. Uh, the Pelicans, they blew out the Wizards by 20 points last time, and Valanciunas in that game had 30. No, he had uh, 27 points and 12 rebounds. So um, it was just kind of good that Todd Gibson, I guess, and I guess he's I'm glad Gibson's okay, but once he was ejected, that gave the Wizards a much better chance. And even this time around, they had Brandon Ingram, and they didn't have him in the last game, and he had five turnovers. Beal had six turnovers, but I think Gafford was the key for the Wizards winning this game. And um, Denny with another great game for him, 15 points, nine rebounds, one assist. Um, yeah, uh, Gafford was unanimously, I think, most people's player of the game, and looks like the Pelicans are going in the wrong direction. The Wizards are starting a win streak, so that's good to see. Yeah, this Wizards team seems very streaky as well. Like, we had some really good moments early on, like, oh, this is the team we were hoping for, and then they fell apart for a while, and now they come back. Uh, but uh, all big three played really well tonight. Porzingis with 17 points and nine rebounds. Um, you know, Denny played great tonight. I did look it up, and Denny has was not alive the last time um, uh, the Wizards have beaten the Spurs in San Antonio. But I, you know, I think they're moving uh, ultimately in, in the right direction. Um, and you know, it's funny because I like Rui a lot, but sometimes you just kind of have to get rid of some players and, you know, addition by subtraction. I just think that we had so many people in that position and I think he might go on to be successful somewhere else, but I just didn't think that he was doing enough, even though obviously the last game he played for us, he showcased, you know, you know what he can do. Uh, but in tonight's game, I thought it was um, great playing all around. Um, the Spurs started off hot. We uh, had a really strong second quarter as highlighted by a uh, champ uh, in our open uh, and then, um, you know, we had a decent third, able to score 35. And our defense really hauled on in the fourth to make this a blowout. Outscored them almost 30 to 20. It was 29-19. And, you know, the defense is what made it a, a from a 10-point victory into a blowout. Um, but just overall, I just thought we had a lot of players in double figures, as you can see here. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Morris, Kispert, Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis. Uh, and... Yeah, you know, Denny had his 25 and was you know MVP of the night. And, and he had um, uh, Kendrick Nunn. I just thought has been playing really efficient basketball, uh, which is what I really like uh, from him. And um, yeah, let's start off with uh, Champ. What are your thoughts about tonight? I said it. I said it last week. It was gonna happen. And like Michael Cole said at the WrestleMania, where Undertaker lost for the first time ever, the streak is over 22 previous times that we went to San Antonio. We left there with a big fat L 1999. I was a senior in high school. The last time the wizards won in San Antonio, I'm now a 40 year old man and finally got to see the wizards win in San Antonio. And it was an all around team effort. 
it was great to see how well this team was shooting. It was great to see Denny Abdia just go completely off in this one. You got Kristaps Porzingis back, who no one thought he was coming back for another week, but he comes back with 17. Your big three went out and it scored very well in this game, but Denny Abdia was the story. 25 points, a career high, and needed one more rebound for yet another double-double on this road trip. You had great production from Kendrick Nunn, who once again has proven to be a great uh, acquisition in the trade for Rui Hachimura. Absolutely just really played well. Uh, the Spurs just looked outmatched. Like they looked, they looked good in the first quarter going up by six points in the first quarter. But then the Wizards came out in the second quarter absolutely blew them out the water and they just couldn't and the Spurs just could not recover they could not recover and it was the Wizards all the way from the from the second quarter on and and once again I will say it one more time because I predicted this and it came true the streak is over the 22 game losing streak in San Antonio is done yeah so my dad was actually having some additional stats in chat he was saying the first time that they've won in the city of San Antonio in 8,451 days. And um, it was December of 99. And I looked it up. Denny was born January, 2001, um, you know, January 3rd. So um, just incredible stuff that the guy who carried us past it wasn't even, you know, born yet the last time we had done it. But uh, yeah, just some really exciting stuff. I'm just happy that it's over. Um, and uh, San Antonio is a place of my heart because that's where I actually got married. Uh, but uh, I'm just happy that the Wizards were able to get some luck finally down there as well. Um, and uh, Tim, what are your thoughts? Oh, wait, did I already get your thoughts on this? Uh, sort of. I'll just add real quick. I think it's great that the Wizards swept uh, Texas because – I don't know. I mean, they've probably done it before, but that's rare because those teams are usually good and it's it's not easy to win all three. Well, if, if the stat holds true, we haven't swept in Texas since at least 99. Yeah. So, so it's probably even longer than that. So, probably, yeah, probably yeah. 70s or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that'd be a, a good stat to find out. Um, Arim, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, Porzingis was great. He had 17 points, five blocks. Seven assists, three steals. He almost had like five in every single category. Um, but Denny, um, with the key game off the bench, he only missed two shots and had 25 points. Um, the, I think the Wizards' defense has gotten really a lot better since they traded Rui. Like in the second and fourth quarter, where primarily the defense plays, like the Wizards only gave him 19 points in each of those quarters. Granted, the Spurs' bench might not be that good, like Stanley Johnson, especially kind of like didn't really help the Spurs that much in this game. But um, I think the Wizards um, was good that they actually won the first time since 1999. Um, Juwan Howard, the great Juwan Howard. And I, I think it was like Austin and who they traded for Ben Wallace, unfortunately. <laughs> and like uh, David Robinson was also watching the game. Greg Popovich is still the coach of the Spurs from back then. The last time the Spurs lost that game um the Spurs went on to win the championship so it's pretty funny that that not so great Wizards team beat the Spurs but I don't think this Spurs team is going to win the title they were pretty bad and except for their starters their bench was kind of bad so um they're playing the tank game they're probably going to 
try to get Victor Wembanyama, but it looks like the Wizards are not playing the tanking game. And I think the record right now, since Bradley Beal and, and um, Wright are in the lineup, they're like 11 and two. And one of those losses came when actually Beal got injured in the Milwaukee game. So actually like 11 and one. So it's, um, if the Wizards can stay healthy, maybe they can make a playoff push. Um, but I don't think we'll see uh, that they can actually do make a deep playoff run out. They have a lot more to prove to show that. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to see how this upcoming week goes. Um, so, uh, indubitably, Brandon um, is joined us in chat. He's a Twitch music um, streamer, and he also is a big fan of the Capitals. Um, but uh, he, he's saying he's too late to share in the pain of Caps talk from this week. That's true. Uh, only only one game this upcoming week. Uh, oh, that's cool. He's got a a Maryland flag emote. Um, so. Uh, uh, yeah, let's take a quick look at the week ahead. We've got the Pistons on Wednesday, February 1st at 7. Uh, the Trailblazers, um, well, that game is in Detroit. And then uh, the Trailblazers come to town on Friday. It's a 7 o'clock start. Uh, and then we've got a back-to-back. This one, we have to go up to New Jersey. Um, not New Jersey, I'm sorry, Brooklyn. Um, and at 6 o'clock, um, uh, start for that one. So it's less than 24 hours later. Uh, the schedule does not do us many favors. And then we have a day off and then back to Washington and the Cavaliers come to town at seven o'clock and we'll be doing a uh, post game um, of that game, as well as talking about the other three games in an abbreviated wizards talk segment next week. And we're going to kind of condense the whole show down to 90 minutes, but um, some ex- exciting games, lots of games in a very short period of time, especially the Friday, Saturday, Monday game. Um, but uh, have a couple of days off here or a day off um, after tonight's game before that Pistons game. Um, but Champ, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the uh, Pistons and the Trailblazers games coming up? I think that the Pistons and Trailblazers games are winnable games. Both teams are not playing up to the potential that they could, especially the the Trailblazers playing in the tough Western uh, Conference. Uh, the trait, I mean, their their lone shine star right now is Boyan Bogdanovich, who's averaging over twenty one points a game. So that's someone you have to keep an eye on. And then when you look at the Trailblazers, I mean, you know. Dame 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 Dollar is just someone you definitely have to keep a lock on. He's been averaging he's averaging thirty points per game uh, for the Trailblazers, and so those are two winnable games, especially with the Trailblazers having to come cross country to uh, DC in order to play this game. Uh, so those two games are winnable games, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Tim, those two games. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, I think the Wizards can keep it going. Um, also, Friday should be a pretty packed uh, house because there's a Jaw Rule Rick Ross concert after. So, you know, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, there's going to be some extra fans, hopefully. Yeah, I love it when they do that. They do have a Friday night concert series. Um, I've only stayed for for a couple times, but it is kind of cool. If people want to go check out. Uh, it should be a great game between the Trailblazers and the Wizards, and your ticket gets you to um, see a concert afterwards. So if you've got some time um, and want to do a late night on a, a Friday night, that is kind of cool. Uh, I hope that uh, that brings in some, and it has brought in some hype in the past on Friday games. Uh, Arun, I think you and I went to a Friday game uh, that we had a concert earlier this year. Yeah, the 
some people from Black Street, I think. Well, yeah. I didn't even say people. We all didn't stay, but it, you know, but it still brought some hype, I think. Yeah, lots of Miami fans, I guess, showed up for that, <laughs> and maybe they wanted to party afterwards. Right. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a fun time. I think the job rule concert could be interesting. Yeah, sounds good. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, this? These two matchups. Uh, Detroit, the Wizards. I think they should take. They should win, but you never know. Like it's kind of like the Wizards just can't expect to win, but it's a game they should win. And then the Trailblazers, uh, Dame Lillard's on fire. He had sixty points last week. Um, the Wizards are. I think they have a little bit more depth than the Blazers, but they definitely have some key scores. And I think the first game back at home, the Wizards should be favored. And um, the Blazers are kind of playing better. They're beating the Hawks right now. But I think the Wizards' first game back from a long road trip, I think the Wizards should be favored. Yeah. All right, let's get into this Nets game uh, next. Um, uh, it's always tough to have these doubleheaders or, or these, sorry, these back-to-back games where they have to – travel and less than 24 hours to prepare for it um and uh so it, it should be um you know a, a relatively difficult just you know because they've been you know back to back but the, the nets have kind of been up and down uh recently um in some of these recent games uh they were able to beat the lakers uh tonight um and they're able to beat the knicks uh, but they lost to the pistons who we thought that they should beat right and then they also lost to the 76ers last week um but uh we'll start off with uh tim what are your thoughts about having to play less than 24 hours later this is going to be tough because it's yeah the back-to-back on the road and the nets have played the wizards pretty well uh this year so i think this is probably the toughest game of the week um I think Durant's still out, uh, so he might not play. That will help the Wizards, but I um, would probably pick the Nets in this game. Yeah. Champ, what are your thoughts on this back-to-back? So a quick correction, like the Trailblazers will actually already be close to the East uh, Easter Standard Time because they're playing they're playing Memphis two days prior, so they'll still be they're not going to be coming cross country, but it still is a winnable game. But I look at these next two, this matchup with the Nets, and this is going to be one that I don't think is very much winnable because of the fact they're coming off a of back to back. Please, guys, don't go and watch Ja Rule and Ricky Rose perform. Just get out of town, get ready to go travel to Brooklyn and go handle your business. But I think this is going to be a tough one to play. Brooklyn is playing very well. Uh, they're currently fourth in the in the uh in the Eastern Conference. Uh Kyrie Irvin's playing well, no matter how controversial he is. The man gets it done on this on the court. And I mean, it's gonna be a tough one. I don't see a win here, but I will be pleasantly surprised if they did pull out a W coming off of back to back uh after the Trailblazers game and then having to travel to Brooklyn. Yeah. So um the uh I was looking up ahead. They're they're gonna start to do some bobblehead nights to try to generate more interest in Wizards games coming up. Uh it might. I look pretty good. I know that the Saturday um february 11th game coming up is going to be the first one for that against the pacers but we'll preview that one next week but i think this is gonna be a really tough turnaround uh for the wizards uh arun any thoughts on the on the nets yeah i think they're kind of beatable without durant because they have been a couple of teams like the knicks and the lakers but they also lost to the pistons recently and also the wizards on back-to-back are six and three um I, and also i think the wizards might want to like play 
they did play the Nets tougher last time. They almost won, and Kevin Durant was healthy. If Durant's playing, I think this is a loss. But if Durant isn't playing, they have a good chance at a win. Yeah. So Durant didn't play tonight, but they were able to like crush the Lakers. Is that right? Yeah, but LeBron James and Anthony Davidson play. And actually, three former Wizards started. Rui, Corey Brown Jr., and Thomas Bryan, and Russell Westbrook came off the bench. So that's probably why they lost one. (laughs) Wizards have to keep trading with them. That's the key. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, All right. Uh, The last game we'll talk about is the game that we will be talking about live next week uh, throughout the podcast. It will probably be a post game by the time uh, we get to it. Um, it'll probably just be ending. It's the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, who recently have lost to the Thunder, but they beat the Rockets. They lost to the Knicks in a very close game uh, last uh, Tuesday before that, but actually were able to beat the Bucks uh, the previous Saturday. Um, and then oh, they were able to beat uh, the Clippers one twenty two to ninety nine yesterday, and they play um, a, a lot of games. They play the Heat. Grizzlies, Pacers, uh, before they play us next week. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on playing the Cavs next week on the show? I think um, this will be another tough game. Uh, Cavs are a playoff quality team. Um, I do think it's winnable. Uh, The Wizards will be at home. So I think it's probably a coin toss game, but uh, with the Wizards playing better. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. the Cavs have a lot of scoring. They were good last year. They're even better this year. So um, Wizards have to bring their their best game. But, I mean, they're, they're on this win streak. So maybe with um, their new healthy lineup, they're um, capable of winning a game like this. Yeah. Jeff, what are your thoughts? I agree with Tim. I mean, you starting you're starting to get healthy. You got Chris Dasporzingis back. Uh, hopefully, you know, it, with this new upcoming stretch, Daniel Gaffer will be back from his illness, and you'll have Beal and you'll have Kuz. So you'll have your big three. Uh, Danny Obvious clearly starting to really pick it up, having uh, at least three double doubles in this uh, last five games on the road. So I think that you can really make some noise here, especially at home against a very tough Cavaliers team. Donovan. And Mitchell has been playing uh, pretty well, averaging almost 28 points a game so far this season. I honestly feel like this is a pretty winnable game if everything clicks. But if somewhere around, along the lines, especially if they lose to Brooklyn on the road off of back-to-back, they lose that momentum, this could be one of those games where it could come back and kill them really badly. So I think that they can they can pull out the W here to finish the week 3-1. and one. The lone loss will most likely be to the Brooklyn Nets, but I think they win the other three this week to continue a very good streak. All right, Arun, what are your uh, final thoughts on the Cavaliers game? Uh, yeah, I think this is probably going to be a little bit tougher than the Nets game. Just if the Cavs are actually getting healthy now, like they didn't have Jared Allen and Darius Garland, who were both all-stars like last year. And now they needed him with Donovan Mitchell. And now they're getting them back. They were beating the Clippers by 40 points at one point a couple of days ago. So I think this should be a really good game. The Wizards only lost. Um, with the healthy Beal and um, Wright has been to the Cavs in an overtime game. Um, but I think the Cavs, I don't know, this is this should be a really good basketball game. And kind of with Tim, it's like a 50-50 game. 
I think I have the Cavs as a slight favorite, but um, if the Wizards can win this game against the Cavs and anything, maybe they can make an even deeper run up to standings because the Cavs are like a four or five seed in the Eastern Conference and maybe the Wizards can make a push up. But I think Cleveland, with their pieces back, I think on paper, they're the better team. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate everyone for tuning in um, uh, for a Wizards Talk and uh, people for uh, joining in uh, in the conversation here on Twitch. Um, I think we've broken down all of the Wizards and all of uh, the NFL stuff and the caps uh, for this upcoming week. It'll be, again, I talked about it before, a shorter show next week. Uh, for the first 30 to 40 minutes, we'll be talking uh, capitals, uh, just one game and a little bit of the skills competition. But maybe we'll get it all in the 30 minutes and then we'll go right into Wizards and we'll break down uh, an exciting week for them as well as the, the live game and then a post game live for that. Uh, so um, it's uh, it should be a fun show. And then uh, hopefully we can actually raid into the sandwich show, uh, which our friend Andy Primordial Sounds will be on on Davey eating a sandwich, which might be our raid target uh, tonight. But um, I'm going to let uh, Champ give a little bit of a shout out uh, for the uh, No Spots podcast. And then I will let Arun and Tim give their final thoughts as well. All right. So this coming Friday, we're back again on Friday for the wrestling podcast uh, where we will recap this past Saturday's Royal Rumble pay-per-view slash premium live event, which saw uh, two new number one contenders for championships be crowned in the Royal Rumble matches themselves. And we will preview NXT's first pay-per-view of the year and their first pay-per-view on the road uh, since WrestleMania last year with Vengeance Day, which uh, we'll see a couple championships on the line as well so we will preview that as well and then on our twitch channel twitch.tv slash true no spots pop myself and sip will be live reacting to nxt vengeance day this coming saturday night beginning at around 7 50 p.m eastern standard time thank you to everybody who joined us for the royal rumble uh live reactions myself sith as we went into sith's uh birthday sage and then later on donnie wrestling all joined and we had a blast we all got pretty tipsy and it was a good time had by all so great thank you for everybody joining us so make sure you check us out twitch.tv slash true no spots pod podcast audio goes up on our uh, podcasting platforms or you can check out the sport uh, sportsothp.com clicking the podcast partners button to check out the audio for this and previous episodes of the podcast yeah it's uh, uh it should be a lot of uh fun over there i definitely was hearing some good things who won the royal rumble i didn't actually get a chance to watch it so cody rhodes won the men's royal rumble coming in at number 30 and uh, but uh, Walter, who's now known as Gunter, set a new record for the length of time in the Royal Rumble at uh, over one hour, one hour and 11 minutes. And Rhea Ripley became the first woman to go wire to wire at number one and win for the women. And she already made her choice tonight on Raw. If you haven't watched Raw, sorry for the spoiler, but she's already made her choice. She's going after Charlotte Flair in the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Cody's automatically going at the Roman Reigns because he holds both the WWE and Universal Championships. So that's already set for WrestleMania as well. So, but those are the two winners of the Royal Rumble. And it was a fun, it was a fun uh, show to watch. That's awesome. 
Um, well, great. Well, I hope people go check out Champ is a great mod over here. And if you're into wrestling, you should definitely check out the No Thoughts podcast. I put the link uh, in the Twitch chat. Uh, I'm going to let Arun give his final thoughts on anything he wants to talk about right now. Uh, yeah, shout out to, I guess, uh, Carson Wentz backups. Uh, um, now uh, Hertz um, joins Nick Foles as being the two backups that um, made it to the Super Bowl. And um, Heineke, I guess, is the only um, quarterback so far that's been Jalen Hurts in, uh, so far this season. So shout out to another Carson Wentz backup. Nice. All right. Uh, well, Arun, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight, as always. And we'll uh, talk to you um, uh, maybe next week for our Wizards talk. Sure. Thanks for having me on. All right, Tim, any final thoughts before we let you go? No, I'm just uh, happy that we uh, had a great show tonight. It was a lot of fun. And um, I think I'll see you guys next week. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I look forward to having you back on uh, the show then. And uh, yeah, and I think with this, we will end uh, episode 297, at least the audio side and the side over on uh, Facebook. Um, and uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, and uh, again, the DC Sports Without the Politics, Sports on the Hill podcast. Noki Genio, sayonara.